Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's going to be the same, but uh, Tim will enlighten us, I'm sure, on a number of issues there. Mitch Drummond, just after 9.30, will keep it Canterbury. Um, and, of course, uh, former All Black and halfback for Canterbury and the Crusaders, Mitch Drummond. Uh, Opie Bosson, New Zealand's champion jockey. It's a pretty quiet day today, a couple of rides. Um, but he was on uh, a fantastic horse at the weekend, and uh, we'll talk to Opie on a, a number of issues as well. Andrew Gordy and Mark Hinton will be the panel. Uh, Louis Herman Watt and uh, Pip Morris from the TAB. Andrew Carston, leading trainer down here. Uh, he's got a number of horses in today with chances, uh, as well as uh, at the weekend as well with the, the big race day coming up on, on Saturday Cup Day. And then, as usual, we'll have our comedian for the week uh, being Wednesday. And uh, we're going to go back and see James McConey again. So, pretty busy day. Focused on uh, midweek day, Cooplands Bakery Day here at Rickerton Park Raceway. Sport is our religion. And here is Smithy's Sermon. So, day two of my Cup Carnival. And as I sit here at the magnificent Rickerton Park Racecourse, I can safely say... What I've seen in the last 24 hours is not representative of the bulk of uh, New Zealanders. Someone supposedly famous said those words just yesterday. Uh, but what I do see is New Zealanders taking it on the chin, rolling up the sleeves and just getting on with it. And it's impressive. The racing industry in this country employs over 30,000 people. This Cup Week usually represents one of their big paydays, one of their big payback days. So where will it all come from this time around? Well, a lot of it has to be from the generosity and faithfulness of the sponsors and without the due recognition this year. So here's some. So thank you to Stephanie Murray Mortgages, to Avon City Ford, to Hotel Montreal and Bidford Processing. Thanks also to Hall's Refrigerated Transport and to Valachi Downs giving back to their own. A pat on the back to Haas, Marshall Drainage and to Lindauer and you too, Amicus Insurance Brokers, to Copeland Bakery's 17th time around and finally to Champion Flower. Thank you one and all as race sponsors and there are many, many more. Need any of their products? Make them top of the list because they are supporting your industry. Certainly the author of this will be in particular the sponsor of the feature today. You'll get a decent little nudge later on. Is group racing here at Rickerton Park today. If you can, be part of it. Here on 905 here on SENZ and uh, most important man today, busiest man on course will be the CEO, uh, Tim Mills, who's uh, been in charge here, it seems, uh, forever. Tim, how long's your reign been here? <laughs> well, it sort of seems forever. I came down here in 1987, and I think 1996 I took over as CEO. But, uh, Smithy, I'm delighted to join you here today. I, I won't say one of my boyhood heroes, because we're probably closer in age than <laughs> I care to admit, but uh, certainly back in the day when we were in our late teens and early 20s, that wonderful cricket team that you played in and the number of games we used to go to at the Basin Reserve before I shifted here, and Lancaster Park at Christchurch. It was some glorious days, and we used to sit there and watch you play, and now sitting alongside you talking.
talking racing. So delighted to be here. Yeah, Tim, thanks for that. Um, you know, and as you say, glorious days, and that uh, that is akin uh, to Rickerton Park to um, this week in particular. But uh, it's a, it's a strange old world at the moment, and uh, you have to grin and bear it and uh, put up with it. So tough week. Yeah, look, it's the Kiwi way, isn't it? Last year we uh, got a late-minute reprieve. I think it was the 21st of September. The country went from Level 2 to Level 1. Uh, we ended up running a sensational New Zealand Cup meeting, a uh, sell-out crowd of 15,000 people on the Thursday night before our what was then the Christchurch Casino New Zealand Cup. This year for uh, the Martin Collins New Zealand Cup week, we're under the uh, extraordinary circumstances that the country finds itself in. But look, there's no point whinging or moaning, Smithy. you just got to roll your sleeves up, got to make it happen. We're lucky in our sport that, like so many others, the television camera, the radio waves can take the, the sport to the people who can't make it to the track. We can put on a good show. Obviously, there's some pain for us financially by not being able to have those big crowds, but that's something we'll deal with after the event. The most important thing is that we put the show on, that it goes ahead today, that people participate on the punt through the TV, through the radio, and uh, they can enjoy the racing that way. Tim, look, I'm looking down. You've got us positioned beautifully here, thanks very much, uh, by the birdcage, so we can't miss anything that's going on. There's a number of marquees up, uh, and you know the place looks absolutely fantastic, the floral areas, etc., uh, so you can have some people here? Yeah, it's restricted attendance, Smithy, not a closed shop. Um, obviously, we've got key stakeholders that we need to try and get uh, what uh, financial support we can, and certainly the sponsors. You Thank you very much for rattling those off. Uh, they had first choice, followed by the all-important owners, particularly those that are paying uh, fees to start in the big group enlisted races, and, of course, our membership. You know, we get over six figures each year from uh, membership fees, so we had to find a way to try and accommodate a number of those groups of people. We've been with the uh, big grand national stand still out of action uh, and will be probably forever we've had to set up uh, temporary infrastructure tents tables and chairs the size of the crowd has been dictated to by being able to undertake social distancing and the seated and served requirement of hospitality so basically we set that up that came to account. How many tables and chairs have we got? That meant how many people we could have we took the uh, line through the sponsors owners members and anyone left we've been able to sell a, a restricted number to to people who've expressed an interest so look it's going to be nothing like last year we'll probably have about 1400 today and 1900 on Saturday but look as I said you make the most of it that's the Kiwi way. So how do, I mean do you, do you get any compensation out of this I mean do you just have to make it up yourself? Um, I hope not because we're talking high six figures if not possibly seven figures hopefully it's not as bad as the second uh, uh, seven figures but it's going to be very high six figures uh, we've been talking to New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing about the likely impact but once again let's get through it let's mm. see what the bottom line ends up like let's see how it's going to impact on us um, because obviously you're sitting here seeing a massive change here at mm. Rickerton Park with the synthetic track the new grass training track the poly track that we've got out there on the um, you know Rickerton Park's not been here to fold because of COVID-19 so uh, we we will be here. We'll be back next year, bigger, brighter, bolder, and better than ever. Uh, but yeah, the compensation thing's something we'll talk about when the dust settles. Okay. Well, speaking of the dust, you get a little bit uh, on the synthetic track every now and then. So how's that? Uh, how's that kicked in for you? Look, it's gone really well. It's been in operation since the middle of the Grand National meeting, so the first week in August. Uh, we've only been going three months. The the response we've got from our trainers and jockeys from track work and trials has been very very positive the uh, polytrack guys uh, Reed Sanders and Matt Chase from Australia have been zooming us by uh, joining us by uh, zoom meetings fortnightly meeting with our trainers and our track staff um, it will 
like Cambridge, be all the better for a, a full year and four seasons changes. They they said all along in a perfect world you would lay it in the summer, in the heat. But of course that's also the best time for construction. So uh, we, had to, we had to build it in January through till sort of April, May. And then the poly track went down, obviously slowed up a wee bit with COVID and things. So it did go down in the winter, but it's gone really positively. I'm looking forward to the first race meeting uh, next year at some stage. Mm-hmm scheduled for May, who knows with COVID whether that comes forward or not, it could well do but along with the synthetic track we've got a new grass training track mm. which has been in use as well um, it's 1740 metres round 15 metres wide, it's as big as some race courses, that's going to be a real asset for us as it as it um, evolves and of course looking there you'll see a pretty impressive infield screen that mm. when we can get crowds back they'll be able to enjoy that um, as well, so it's been a great project uh, Smithy and it's as I said changed the landscape of record and changed it for the better. Let's look at um, and today in particular, group racing today, uh, what are the features? Well obviously the Copeland's Bakery's Mile is the, the main feature, Ray Copeland has been been a wonderful supporter of, of the sport of horse racing as everyone that's listening to us knows for probably four decades or thereabouts um, Valachi Downs Breeders Stakes another wonderful supporter of racing right throughout New Zealand Kevin Hickman he's got a permanent suite up here at Rickerton Park uh, nowadays with a group of great mates that he played rugby with that's how long they've been friends and it's great to see friendships like that uh, continuing the whole way through and the day's other feature of course is the Lindau Steward Stakes for the uh, the sprinters drawn a very good field our, our premium sprint in the South Island group three for $100,000 so they are the three features on an 11 race card once again showing I think the average field size is just under 13 and a half um, and that shows how so many people want to be part of Cup Week um, and I know ourselves my wife's got shares in two horses I was lucky enough to have two runners on Saturday one of which did win um, you want to play at Cup Week that's when you know you can dress up you can sit in normal years amongst a crowd and show off and say there's my horse racing um, so look it does show just again reflects how people want to participate in this week As we speak Tim it's getting finer and finer by the minute which uh, I suggest to me uh, was a little bit misly yesterday, what about the track? What are we looking at? Yeah 23 degrees they're forecasting today Smithy so I don't, I don't think you'll have that jersey around your shoulders for too much longer Look the track's uh, come up pretty good this morning I think uh, Alan Chapman put plenty of water on on Saturday night, Sunday um, What we try and do is, is water the track heavily a week out from a normal race meeting so uh, for the first day we irrigated very very heavily on the weekend prior and we got it down to a slow track on the on the set on the Monday morning it improved back to be dead on race day did with those easterly winds dry out and go to good three um, obviously the next race meetings are Wednesday as we are today it watered heavily on Saturday night and Sunday we've got it to dead it was 2.8 on the pentrometer reading last night mm. which is you know, not bad in the dead range. Two six this morning. Good three starts at two five. So with this weather, I'd expect it to sort of uh, perhaps improve to that good three. But you know, in reality, you'd like to think it would suit most of the horses racing today. See, this is an iconic week. Uh, an iconic week. Um, just not with the gallops, of course, with the trots, with show day, etc. Uh, and normally, you would be expecting uh, part of your uh, of the group of visitors you'd have here would come from the Auckland area. Uh, up north there, Waikato area in particular, very strong racing area. Uh, has, has that affected, um, you know, the, 
the horses, uh, the number of horses from the north, the number of trainers, etc. I, I don't think it's affected the horse numbers, um, Smithy. Um, it's obviously affected those people who like to travel for the crack, as the Irish would say. Mm. And there's numerous groups that we know, numbers of people that we've got to know and become friends with over over the decades who are regular visitors. Those from the Manawatu, Hawke's Bay, Otago South, and they're all here. Mm. A lot of them have come up, even if they can't get to the track, are spending it in... You know, some of the local hotels, you know, the the racecourse hotels, the Bushins, the Yieldhurst, the Avonhead hotels, you know, all the pubs around this part of um, of Christchurch because they want to be part of the event. Unfortunately, people from Auckland can't and uh, certain parts of the Waikato can't. But mm. it certainly impacted a number of the owners. Uh, for instance, you know, David Ellis regularly has a suite here for mm. the Tiakau. He hasn't been able to get here this year. Just one example. Okay. Um what are you most looking forward to today? Can, can you give us a couple? Yeah, well, hopefully I can. Uh, I think the uh, the Valachi Downs is a race I'm really looking forward to. And just one for a little bit of value here. There's a, a pretty good uh, filly called La Power, number 11, trained locally here by Ross Beckett. I thought went a very, very good race at uh, Ashburton last start and at Rickett in the start before that. Uh, Sam Weatherly takes the ride today. Very good rider and it's drawn well and won. It's a $10 shot. The uh, other local, obviously, in that race, um, which, uh, sorry, no, that's the one I like in that race. Sorry, I got myself a little bit mm-hmm. mismothered. The Copeland's Bakery's Mile. Uh, the favourite here, Miss Tycoon Rose, I think looks the one, though we've probably, in our office, we're a little bit biased here because Chris Rowe, our commercial manager, owns Maximus Prime and it went a cracker at uh, mm. at, Waika- at Wingatui last start. Very, very smart horse. It's being asked a lot, only had the nine starts, but it's a $12 shot, might be quite good value in the Copeland's Bakery's mile. And the day's feature, the Lindau Stewards, um, you know, Patrick Campbell doesn't travel without a big chance and Patrick has got a wonderful record over the decades here at Rickerton Park so Satu Lagi a $9 shot I sort of looked at the fields before and thought I'll try and find things around the, the 10 or 11 mark rather than just trying to tip the favourites so whether they win but hopefully they can help someone get a Quinella or a Trifecta or something along those lines well, Tim it looks magnificent I've got to say uh, as we've uh, alluded to it's a, it's, a, it's a shame but as you've also alluded to you're just going to get on with it um, and I, I think the quality of racing won't suffer uh, the, the quality of um, of everything else associated with it. There won't be the loud noise we normally come to expect on, on Cup Week, but it, it's looking great. You've done a great job, I reckon. Yeah, well, look, you know, there is a bit of an unsung group of hero in any sporting organisations, and they're the people in the background that if they don't do the graft, the stars can't shine. And, you know, obviously in racing, our stars are the jockeys and the horses and the trainers. But if the ground staff and the, the kitchen staff and the office staff don't all get in and uh, do their bit, then the day doesn't go ahead. And all of those people, Ian, uh, they're as passionate about racing as any other aspect. Mm. And obviously we focus focal. You know, focalised very much on you know the stroppers and the trainers and the jockeys and their passion for the horse. Well, the people that work in the racing clubs in the main have a passion for the sport of horse racing you know, as much as anyone else. And I know all our guys have been working under these difficult conditions, having to work hard to do what the complete opposite of what we normally do, which mm. is try and attract people to Cup Week. So, look, I just want to put on record a huge thank you to everyone here at Rickerton Park who's rolled their sleeves up in what has been a rather, you know, munted sort of or muted sort of uh, environment over the past couple of weeks so huge thank you thanks for your comments about Rickland Park we'll have a great day I'm sure good on you Tim and thanks for stopping by as well we'll let you go because I know you've got uh, plenty to do and uh, I'll certainly catch up with you a little bit later in the day
Thanks, Ian. Yeah, cheers. Uh, Tim Mills here, CEO of uh, Canterbury Park Racing, Rickerton Park Racing here, and, and all Canterbury Jockey Club matters, of course, and he's been around uh, for a long, long time, and he's just given me a race book and uh, my pass to get to around the place, which is fantastic. Cheers, Tim. Uh, that's cool. Uh, okay, double eight double three is our our text number. Uh, of course, uh, what are you missing? Um, uh, if you're a, a, a cannery person, a race car, what are you missing? What are you thinking about <laughs> during Cup Week? Are you still getting involved? And uh, are you being at your local pub or whatever? If you're a, a Cantab, uh, I must admit I visited a hostel yesterday, and uh, it was chocker with great atmosphere later in the afternoon. So yeah, and it certainly looked like they were getting into it there. Um, the other thing to talk about, of course, is uh, tonight, three or three o'clock tomorrow morning. It is. The big one. It is New Zealand against uh, England. Uh, what do you think uh, our chances are in that? Are you confident? Uh, do you think steady the ship? Kane's got things under control again. Uh, who are you looking forward to uh, for big performances? What are the dangers there? Uh, and Aaron Smith too, uh, just out of nowhere. Aaron Smith, one day, uh, one day playing for Manawatu, one day not playing for Manawatu, all of a sudden has the baby and he's going to Ireland. How good. How good about that? What do you make of that? Uh, and uh, an injury uh, to Brad Weber is the reason why. It's 9.19 here on SENZ. Love to hear your thoughts on any number of matters. It is 9.24 here on SENZ Live from Rickerton Park, and it is absolutely beautiful, folks, I can tell you that. We've uh, had a, a number of uh, texts coming in with tips, which I like. Uh, race 3, La Confidia. Um, part owner says Josh likes it. Marcus Aurelius for me uh, says Mark, a good friend has a share. First horse he's been in, very excited. Day off work and a cracking day ahead. Uh, oh Jessica is another one that's come in here at 15s and 4.50. Race nine, horse 11, place bet. Loves a dead track. 11 starts on it uh, for a win and a six placing. So you can't get much much better than that. So yeah, plenty of uh, information coming in. I can tell you it's, uh, it's very exciting, even though um, you almost uh, feel as if you buy yourself a wee bit. As we sit here now, there's a lot of people sort of milling around, setting things up, uh, and uh, they won't be really arriving until, I guess, 11 o'clock. It's, it's tough. It's really tough, John, but uh, they're getting on with it. They're hardy people down here. Yeah, mate. Did you catch up with a few people? I'm sure people in Christchurch would love to pull up alongside you, Smithy, and have a beer. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that. Um, I wouldn't say I'm one of Christchurch's favourite sons, so I sort of look over my shoulder most times I'm out in public over here, down here. No, not really. Uh, no, yeah, there was, I, I did. I went uh, to um, a hostelry called The Bush Inn, which is one of the more famous, uh, I think, uh, punting hotels. Uh, in Christchurch, I think it's fair to say, and that was heaving. The atmosphere was fantastic, and you know they uh, dulled it up. They had some promotions in there, and you know they had uh, good facilities for everybody. It was it was just a cool day, you know. It was like a a, a day being at the track, but not being at the track. So that's oh, cool. I enjoyed I enjoyed the the taste of being on on course, but not the same. Uh, I mean, I've been to Cup Week, and I've been to show uh, Cup Day when it's been chocker, and honestly, it was like being in two different countries, but. They get on with it. They yeah. just have to get on with it. And the race, the quality of the racing was just as good. Someone's uh, kind of echoing those thoughts there, Smithy, on the text uh, from Chris. G'day, Smithy. Lucky enough to be on the ground at Addington yesterday. was a very odd experience for sure, but definitely made the most of it. Also managed to get a word with Jordan Oppett, a very switched-on lady who really knows her sport. Definitely get her on the show more. Well, she will be returning to the panel tomorrow. Jordan Oppett, a great TVNZ reporter and great on the panel too.
Good Canterbury girl too. Uh, we're looking to talk to uh, Mitch Drummond um, after uh, what after nine thirty, so that not that far away, John. And uh, we'll also talk to Opie Bosson today, uh, Andrew Carston, my good mate Liam, uh, my offsider, my uh, right hand man, is so uh, he's jacked all these things up and given me some relative information, so I don't sound absolutely stupid about the whole deal. But uh, it's cool. It, it really is go- uh, really good, and uh, I can see. Uh, yeah, just a, a really good day unfolding with quality horse racing. And then, of course, they've got Cup Day on Saturday as well. Uh, and later this afternoon, um, Matty Markham and Tana will be here in this very marquee, uh, right next to the birdcage. And, I mean, literally, you can uh, reach out and touch the horses as they parade around. So we could not be in a better spot, John. Yeah. What did you make of the big news yesterday of Aaron Smith heading over to Europe? I mean, he's got a brand-new baby He's going to head to Europe, arrive on Wednesday, and normally they name the team internally on Tuesday. So I can't imagine he's going to play against Ireland. So he's going to go all that way, uh, 20 hours there, 20 hours back, to play one test against France, and then has to spend a week in MIQ. So what did you make of that news, Aaron Smith, heading up there? Yeah, I find it interesting because it wasn't that long ago we had Aaron Smith on, and what he was really looking forward to most is uh, time away, refreshing, so he could uh, kick in next year with the Super Rugby and and really have an exciting uh, 2022 uh, with the All Blacks, etc., with a uh, view to the World Cup in mind. So at that point, uh, any thoughts of uh, being with the All Blacks seemed uh, quite remote, John, to, and quite distant. He was looking forward to uh, the birth of uh, his uh, second child. Of course, that's happened. And, uh, you know, now... Uh, he's been given a leave pass, I guess, to to go uh, over there. And as you say, it's a, it's a quick fire uh, help out in SOS, answering an SOS um, uh, with Brad Weber out. They've still got the two halfbacks over there, TJ Perinara, Finlay Christie. But I, I guess if you're going to fo- bother to fly him over there, John, you've got to involve him. Uh, he is number one. Yeah, yeah, he is. But I just think it's way too late in the week. And what kind of message, I guess, is it sending to Finlay Christie if you send Aaron Smith over there? He has half a week of training and he plays in front of him. I, I, like I, he'll be a great training partner, won't he, for Finlay? I'd just like to see maybe the f- progression of Finlay Christie rather than rushing in Aaron Smith. I think we bring him in for France, but I don't think we bring him in for this week, Smithy. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Bring him in uh, for uh, the French Test, which is uh, I think that's the marquee Test match. And all of a sudden, you know, you've you've got uh, him back in there. Uh, what you will say about Aaron Smith? He's a bundle of energy. He's super fit. Um, if anyone's going to be uh, ready to walk off a plane and play rugby uh, in the squad, it'll be him. Uh, and, of course, uh, they will enjoy his presence, his spark, uh, back behind uh, that forward pack if need be. So, uh, yeah, but they've, they've, they've done well, and he admitted that too in an interview. I know he, he said that the other guys, uh, while he's been away, have been absolutely outstanding. It's been, it's been very competitive, the nine jersey, within those uh, three players that have been there. Uh, so now, uh, with four, uh, even more so. It is news time here on SENZ. Uh, Mitch Drummond after the break. In the meantime, here's Trudy. The all-new SENZ is Kiwi for sport. Nine thirty-one here on SENZ. Uh, Daryl Braithwaite there and horses, and uh, it is uh, a horse day. It's a horse week here in Christchurch, but it's also uh, a rugby week as well. And when isn't it? To be fair, 
Um, so uh, they've got the NPC semi-finals uh, down here and Canterbury have uh, maybe found their mojo, turned their season around and have booked a sudden death date with Waikato and Rotorua on Saturday night at 7.05pm. Yep, 7.05. So they're on the road or in the year very shortly, I would imagine, uh, after last-minute preparation. And joining us now is uh, the halfback, of course, uh, Mitch Drummond, well-known, uh, and he's been around uh, this part of the competitions uh, so often. Uh, in that number nine jersey. Mitch, good morning to you. Morning, Smitty. How are you, mate? Oh, look, I'm great. I'm just sitting by the birdcage here at Rickett and Park. It's fantastic. I, I did actually, I went looking for you yesterday. I, I did manage to spend uh, maybe two or three hours in the bush in Tavern. Uh, uh, and I was looking forward to seeing you at work pulling some pints, but I couldn't find you. No, I must have just missed you. I actually did pop down yesterday afternoon and, and poke my nose in and just make sure that everything was ticking over over nicely and when I was there there seemed to be a fair few punters in there did you, did you enjoy your time in the bush and taverns with oh, I loved it I absolutely I'm a regular uh, I, every now and then I, every time I come down here basically particularly this time of the year I uh, I pop in there and I, I loved it and what I loved yesterday uh, Mitch was the atmosphere of course people can't go to most people can't go to the races anyway but certainly uh, they were enjoying it yesterday so you put on a good show yeah Roger and Shawnee, um they were pretty fired up for the day yesterday they sort of pulled a few strings and changed a few things around in there and, and obviously having the PAB is, uh, on, a, on a week like this um, is massive for the place so yeah it was cool to cool to have a nice wee atmosphere in there and um, hopefully everyone enjoyed it and comes back at, at the end of the week as well. Did you uh, did did you take a while to get into uh, being a publican? Because it's the kind of thing, I suppose, with an identity like yours that everyone wants, all your mates want free beers I suppose. Do you have to encounter that? What what got you into that side of things? Well, I don't think I'd really consider myself a, a publican yet. I've, um, I'm not exactly hands-on in the place, but um, I do enjoy going in and, and being able to be a part of everything that's going on in there. And I learn, learn stuff from Shawnee and Rog, um, the two blokes that are running it, um, every time I go in. So that's cool, but it's not wrong that um, every time it comes up, um, all the boys, all they ever want is... It's free beer, mate, and uh, I don't think that'll ever change. No, I don't think it ever will. That's synonymous with sport, particularly rugby, mate. And on that subject, uh, we better get serious about it because all of a sudden it's the pointy end of the season and you guys, as always, are part of it. You seem to maybe have uh, regained the mojo that might have been missing for a while. Yeah, I think the, the last couple of weeks have, we've been playing um, do-or-die footy for, for the last two weeks, really, when you look at the scheme of things. Um, and managed to managed to get through some pretty big games against um, Tasman and then Bayapini last week. So, you know, rolling off two good wins um, into a into finals footy is, um, you know, we've got a little bit of momentum. But reality is, is that when finals footy starts, it's um, she's a clean slate, and whatever's happened before uh, doesn't matter. And um, whoever wins on Saturday gets another week. Okay, so you, you copped a bit of flack, and the reason why you copped a bit of flack is because you're always there, you're always uh, right there when it comes to the, 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 the finals, etc. And for a little while there, it didn't look like that uh, would be the case. As a senior player, how much pressure did you feel about that? Yeah, I think it comes with playing for Canterbury. It's um, every time um, you come up against another team and you're playing for Canterbury, everyone wants, wants to knock your head off really um, and there's no doubt about it that we did have a little bit of luck um, early in the season that, that kept us kept us in the race um, and we've managed to, to sneak into the final four so um, 
And as we said before, there's no reason now we're in there um, that we that we can't get the job done. But yeah, I personally, yeah, mate, I did. It's um, it's part and parcel of playing for Canterbury, and, and when things aren't going to plan, um, I definitely felt felt a little bit of that pressure. And um, but that's that's all about playing playing footy, don't you? Look, um, Mitch, you're 27 years of age. If, uh, I mean, I, I think I've been commentating rugby uh, almost your whole career. It's, it, it seems you've been around for such a long period of time. Uh, tell us about the mix. You must feel a bit of an old man on this side. Tell us about the mix and, and the excitement of those youngsters coming through and developing. Yeah, I'm definitely um, on the upper end of the echelon age-wise in the team now, but um, I'm still feeling good and feeling fresh. And I think having those, those young boys come in Every year is um, con- contributes to that as well. It's it's great when you, you see guys coming into a professional environment for the first time and everything's new to them. Um, the way they feel and, and the way they speak when they get their first games and and things like that um, has been awesome. Um, but I, I don't think have, uh, being a young team um, isn't an excuse. Um, I don't think it's easy to sit there and say, "Oh, we were young" or, or whatever. Um, that's never an excuse. I don't. I don't feel, and um, I, I don't want to lean on that um, in in the sense of how things have gone. But um, there's no reason why our young boys can't front up this week and and get the job done. Well, the guy in the ten jersey is uh, being a bit talked about. Of, of course, Canterbury number tens generally are. Uh, but Fergus Burke it sounds like uh, he's going to have quite a big super season as well. So tell us about uh, your combination with Fergus and uh, how he's developing as uh, a game runner, as a pivot. Yeah, I, I get on really well with Ferg, and um, I think our, our combination has grown um, throughout the season, as it always does. Um, Good mates off the field, which which have a, a massive impact on on the way things are run um, when we're on the field together. Um, but I think he's just gone from strength to strength. He's, it's it's always going to happen when you get um, consistent time on the field, and and I think that's one position where the more you play, um, the more you get a grip of the way games are run, the way things are, things operate in, in tight games, and we've had a lot of them this year. Um, so he's gone from strength to strength, and um, time in the saddle has been huge for him. And, and whatever happens in the super season, I, I hope he gets a, a crack at the next level because I think he's shown everyone that um, there's no reason why he can't front up um, in that next level up. Right, so this uh, weekend you're off to uh, uh, Rotorua because, of course, you can't get to uh, Hamilton Waikato's home ground. So I guess, in a way, that's an advantage. It's they, they don't have the, the benefit of playing at home. Uh, but what what do you, what do you assess as their dangers, Waikato? Um, I think, like I said before, everything changes this time of year. It's it's a, a funny old time, and you've only got to win by one point, um, and, and that's it. But I think you look at all the teams, and everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses. I think Waikato have got a really exciting um, back three. They've, they've scored a lot of tries um, out there, um, so that's something that we've definitely got to. Um, have our have our finger on the pulse of, but I see I let a look at the weather and she's supposed to be a a, a wet old night in Rotorua, so um, that could play into ha- our hands as well because I think our fourth track um, has really uh, fronted up the last couple of weeks, um, especially and um, been a real real dominant dominant set piece for us. You played every level of New Zealand rugby, Mitch, in your in your career thus far. Uh, what about this level of rugby, the NPC level, uh, as you go around the country? What, 
What's so special about it for you? Um, good question, because it is um, it's different to, to Super Rugby, and um, I think it's just the, the small provinces. You know, I love going to the, I love playing at home, but it's also great being able to travel to to smaller places and play at play at different different grounds and um, get a, get amongst the the locals and those sort of things. And you see a lot of pride still, I think, in New Zealand rugby for the provinces. Um, I think Super Rugby is on a different level, but the amount of pride that people still have and players still have um, in playing for their provinces is, you know, that, I think that's great and, and that's a massive part of um, why New Zealand rugby is so special is that, that people have a, a place in their hearts for their provinces and, and I, ho- I hope it always will be like that as well. Hey, much uh, absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, sorry I missed you yesterday. Uh, but I'll get you next time. I'll get you next time. Don't worry about that. And uh, all the best uh, for the weekend as uh, you look to get uh, into that grand final again for the umpteenth time. Thanks for talking to us this morning. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, mate. And let us know next time you're here, doesn't mate? And I'll come down and share a drug with you. Good on. I'd look forward to that. Absolutely do, Mitch. Thank you very much for that. Uh, and uh, all the best. Safe travels. It is uh, 9.41 here on SENZ. Uh, when we come back, uh, maybe some more texts um, that are coming in. Uh, and also, uh, we'll head towards uh, a multi just before 10 o'clock this morning. And after 10, talking to New, Zealand, New Zealand's leading hoop, leading jockey, Opie Bosson. And gallops cross coding like Prime SBW. It's mornings with Ian Smith live from New Zealand Cup Week. 9.46 here on SENZ. Uh, we're broadcasting live from the birdcage actually at Rickerton Park Raceway and uh, sun beaming in now and uh, on this venue and it looks absolutely stunning. First race uh, due to go uh, just before midday today, first of 11. And the feature, of course, is the Cooplands Bakery Mile. It always is on this particular day of the carnival. Uh, we've had uh, a little bit of uh, information coming from Trev from Adam Adder. He says, money for jam. Just get on Miss Tycoon Rose. And that is a bit of serious bully going around the place, I can promise you that. Uh, Maggie's come in. Uh, here's an interesting one. Uh, enjoying the show. If you want a different horse song, try Run for the Roses by Dan Fogelberg. Although it's uh, about the Kentucky Derby, it's a great horsey song. So, JD, have you got a little bit of that for Maggie? Born in the valley and raised in the trees of western Kentucky on wobbly knees with mama beside you to help you along You'll soon be a growing up strong Mate, I could imagine you singing that with a lot of people at the Bush and Tavern, Smithy, after a few. You know, it's one of those old-time sing-alongs, I think, to me, Smithy. I was just kind of thinking that myself, actually. I was. Um, and I was probably half a bottle short of having a crack at it last night, to be fair. <laughs> uh, it was just, it was just uh, a lovely Dan Fogelberg number there, and uh, he has uh, always he's put together some useful songs over the years, but I'd never really uh, associated that one with the Kentucky Derby, but lovely melody, John. Yeah. Lovely melody. Yeah, I'm uh, yet to yeah. talk to anyone who had some luck yesterday, Smithy. Copy that. We haven't really... Talked about this morning, a hell of a run. I mean, everyone was on the favourite again. It reminded me of the Melbourne Cup, you know. 
Um, did you get on? Did, do you know anyone who made some money off Copy That? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I know t- two or three blokes who said once it g- if it gets to the, st- uh, the front, it will not get past, and that was exactly the tactic in the race, and uh, obviously uh, Blair Orange drove it to an absolute nicety, and uh, that was exactly the way it, uh, it panned out, and uh, some wonderful shots too of uh, the trainers and the connections who, who weren't able to get down for the meeting itself, because they're uh, northern trainers, but uh, quite romantic actually, I, and I, I love seeing the emotion involved in that, so even though if you can't be on course, and uh, that is the case for the majority, uh, you can still uh, sort of celebrate and and with it in your own special way, and that'll be happening around Can- Canterbury again today. Because as we've mentioned throughout the week, this is a week-long event. Most people take the whole week off and uh, find a way to spend it. Not normally on track, uh, not this time around. So yeah, it's it's cool. It's really good. And so uh, there's Mark, big action tonight. Oh, sorry, uh, mate. I just tonight. thought I'd get in with uh, Mark Purden. I mean, he was winning right. so many races yesterday, and it, you know, looked like he was going to tie Ricky May for. Seven uh, cup wins, but just wasn't to be. No, it wasn't, actually. Um, and, boy, was he hot. I think he drove five of the first eight or six of the five of the first seven. Uh, and it just looked uh, as if, uh, you know, it was, it was just absolutely uh, going to take out the cup. But he, he couldn't run down. He couldn't run down, copy that. He gave it the perfect drive in that respect, but just wasn't able to do it. But what... I mean, Mark Purden, he, he kind of looked like he was taking a bit of a spell out of racing while well, he's back big and strong. And uh, the training partnership uh, is, is, I think, going to be reinvigorated. Uh, and he is uh, he's back and seriously meaning business. So mm, uh, good news for Mark Purden. And, uh, and, of course, they'll all be back in action on Friday at Addington too, traditional day. Yeah, just a bit of feedback on that song, Maggie. Um, Goose didn't enjoy it, I'm sorry. He said, I'll be asleep by the feature race if you play that song too much. And then uh, <laughs> someone else has sent in, I'm losing the will to live, having to listen to that song. So, Maggie, I think Daryl Braith- Braithwaite has beaten your uh, horse song, but more horse songs. If you want to hear different horse songs, we'll, we'll take them all, won't we, Smithy? We're taking requests. Oh. We're taking requests uh, because it's that kind of a week. So anything to do with uh, horses, talking horses, um, they seem to be prevalent around the country at the moment. So uh, what, what, here was, here's, what, what is this one here, John? Uh, hey, Louie. Hey, Louie. What, what is, here's another horse-related song. The Race Is, uh, the race is On uh, by either George Jones or Sawyer Brown. Uh, Jeff from Christchurch. So we'll try and tee that one up, John, along the way. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, later on this morning we'll talk a wee bit too uh, about uh, what's happening at 3 o'clock tomorrow morning. Hugely important game for New Zealand cricket fans and uh, the Black Caps themselves. 9.51 when we come back multi-time here at Rickerton Park. But he's in the Garden City for New Zealand Cup Week. Got a tip? Let him know on SCNZ. You got to know when the whole Know when the fold up Smithy's multi Know when to walk away And know when to run Bet live on your favourite sports Download the TAB app today Well we were going okay yesterday uh, Until the New Zealand Trotting Cup And uh, I put in uh, self-assured The favourite to win at $2.30 Did everything but But couldn't get past to copy that So uh, we missed out We were competitive uh, Today we'll uh, have a crack at uh, some basketball uh, the Milwaukee Bucks to beat the Philadelphia 76ers, who seem to be in a bit of a mess, $1.34. Uh, the Clippers to beat Portland, uh, the Trailblazers by, at $1.68. Uh, and tonight, I couldn't go past the, the Black Caps to beat England at 2.30. I think that's great money. England are quite warm favourites there. 
Uh, I'm not quite sure about that, John. So, mm. so the Black Caps uh, to beat England two thirty, a, a total return there of five dollars seventeen. Uh, can you ask Opie Boston if he still remembers riding his first ever Group winner at uh, Awapuni and riding at forty nine point five kilos? I will. I absolutely will. Um, and another suggestion, Smithy, if we can, can you have a chat to Chris Rowe, the marketing manager, Rickerton, life member of Ashley Rugby, Sefton Cricket, um, manager of the Canterbury Country Hawk Cup team. Uh, will do, Stephen, if I get a chance to catch up. He's probably a pretty busy guy. There's people racing all around the place, putting plastic horses up and signs and sashes and uh, and trophies, etc. It's uh, starting to really resemble a race day here at uh, Rickerton Park. Okay, John, you've got you've got another one, the, another song there. Yeah, well, people have come in with their horse requests, and one of them is a horse-related song, "The Race Is On" by George Jones, and that's from Jeff in Christchurch. So here you go, Jeff. Now the race is on, and here comes pride up the backstretch. Heartaches are going to the inside. My tears are holding back. They're trying not to fall. My heart's out of the running. Scratched for another's sake The race is on and it looks like heartaches And the weather loses all Now Smithy, that is a jam That is a jam That was a great request from Jeff That is a beauty I like that I absolutely like that um, Another one's coming for McGin- McGinty's Donkey By Val Dunican See if you can cue that one up at some stage And what about Sally the Camel Says Chris from Christchurch Ha 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 He's the voice of sport in New Zealand, and today he's live from New Zealand Cup Week. This is Mornings with Ian Smith. It's 10.02 here on SENZ, uh, just looking out over the pristine site that is the Rickerton Park Raceway. Uh, Birdcage is looking absolutely special, surrounded by beautiful uh, flowers, roses, etc. It, it really does it, it does it look good. They've, they've done a great job. Uh, credit to Tim Mills and the team down here. The track is fantastic, and we've got racing beginning just before midday. And uh, uh, taking part today, of course, as always on big race days, is New Zealand's uh, champion jockey and Opie Bosson. Pretty quiet day today by his own standards, but uh, we've got him on the show this morning. Good morning, Opie. Thanks. Yeah, how are you, man? Uh, listen, uh, let's talk about uh, the weekend before we get into uh, today and what's coming up. Uh, the, the ride on Novia, people are saying uh, this is a special t- type of horse. Uh, tell us about it a couple of days later. Reflect on that for us. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge effort. Uh, horses just don't usually do that when you have to drag them sideways and rebalance. And, uh, and the way you won with these, um, it takes really, really good horse to do that. So what's in store for him now? Do you know uh, what uh, what Jamie's going to do with the horse and what the prospects are going forward? I think he's just going to have a little bit of a break and then probably get him ready for the crack a million mile. Um, and then they're talking in the Australian Guineas, I think. Wow, OK, so big things in sight for, for No Bear. He was uh, very impressive, I suppose. Uh, were you able to celebrate at all on, on Saturday night? Did you, did, did you, you celebrate in style? Yeah, we had a bit of a go out, went out for dinner and a few drinks and um, and uh, back back to reality the next day. I was actually uh, prompted into saying that uh, by your very good friend and colleague, Lee Thinnis, who, who bet me a hundred bucks that you'd say you'd had a quiet one, so I've just won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, one Sunday, I wish I had a quiet one anyway. 
<laughs> hey, Opia, and it's been a sacrifice as it, as it always is uh, for you guys. You have to, you know, you have to give up a lot of things uh, for the sake of big race days and big meetings like this. And this time round for you, it's it's been extra because you've had to uh, to get out to get an exemption, etc. Tell us a, a wee bit about that process. Yeah, well, so my where I live, um, they've moved the borders, so it's um, put us inside the Auckland region. Even though the checkpoint's probably about 20 minutes north of me, um, and then so I couldn't ride track work, I couldn't couldn't really do anything. So um, David and Karen Alice managed to sort me an exemption to move to the stud, and I got there and they went to level three, so I couldn't really go and ride track work from there again either. Um, so I'd done a month there working on a farm and training hard with David, and got my weight right down, and um, and then a couple of weeks ago I moved to Waikato Stud and living in the house there and being able to ride traffic and can go to the races. So it's um, working out quite well. So, I mean, how hard is it, um, you know, you've been around the scene for a long time to keep that discipline, to keep having to fight, um, you know, your weight. Uh, I mean, it's, well, it's, it's an unusual, yeah. it's unusual in that respect. It's really hard when you're in lockdown and you don't, you don't know when you're actually going to be able to ride. So it's, it doesn't, you don't, can't really get motivated to, be on a diet when you're on a diet for nothing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, you've uh, you got two and uh, two rides today, um, uh, Opie, but late in the day, so you don't have to hurry getting down here to Rickerton Park. Uh, summer monsoon uh, in race eight. Uh, it's uh, around about six fifty on the tote, drawn seven. Uh, form line looks pretty good. Yeah, he just seems to grow another leg when he goes down south, and he's racing well down here and down there, and um, he won well last start, so. Um, Got a nice draw. Just get back off him a little bit, and um, hopefully he shows a big finish. Uh, race ten, uh, you're on uh, Marcus Aurelius, who's uh, been pretty horse of uh, pretty busy horse of late, uh, but very solid and uh, solid in the market as well. Uh, drawn fourteen, but uh, five bucks. Yeah, he's. Um, I, I rate him a pretty big chance. It's just a pity he's drawn the outside gate. And, um, just a little bit of luck to get in and get a bit of cover, but um, he's been racing well, and he's um, expecting to run in the first three anyway. Uh, Opie, I've got a text just come in this morning. Can you ask Opie Boston if he still remembers riding his first ever group winner at Awapuni and riding at 49.5 kilos? Yeah, it was a Manchester Warrior for Brian Headley. That's a long time ago, and um, yeah, I remember I got caught cheating Weighing out without my girth, and I got I got a fine for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so what? Uh, that's forty nine point five. I mean, what can you get down to now if you really had to? Oh, I'm hope, hoping to ride fifty four and a half next Saturday. So um, today I'm fifty six. So I've got to lose another kilo and a half. But um, that's a lot of I get down to at this stage anyway. So for that, for people li- uh, listening in who don't quite know how hard it is to do to lose that proportion of weight when you're a light person, anyway, what do you what do you actually have to do to lose a kilo and a half between now and Saturday? Probably you have to work it a little bit harder, like a lot of a lot of running, a lot of walking, um, quite a few sweats, um, and, and really minimum minimal food. And um, the last few days. Uh, really you know, knuckle down and limited uh, fluid take intake as well. So, for instance, today, uh, this is a race uh, you're riding today, later in the day, so what will, your, what will your diet consist of today then? 
today, I, I, I probably I, don't, I never eat anything at the races, but I'll I'll just get my fluids up. I've only got the two rides anyway, so um, but I'll, I'll probably have a, a nice meal tonight and and uh, just get ready for Saturday. What what are your goals left? I mean, you've ridden most uh, won most things in New Zealand. What are your goals still in racing? What what motivates you to, to do this, Op, and, and carry on? I'm just riding uh, Group One winners, really. Um, I wouldn't mind getting back to Australia over the carnivals and trying to, trying to kick, um, kick a few goals over there. So I might enjoy the Australian racing, the big racing. So um, it would be nice to to finally get back there again. Yeah, well, we'd love to see you back over there, mate, and we'd love to see you down here a little bit later in the day. It's uh, it's it's really it's look, looking great. Track's going to be good. Uh, so uh, all the best with your two rides today, and uh, and what's coming up at the weekend as well. Thanks very much for your time this morning, mate. All the best. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, cheers, Opie Boss, in there, folks. Uh, like most jockeys, uh, apart from the odd one uh, who I can think of, uh, they are men and women of few words, and they uh, sum things up very, very quickly. And uh, they live a very, very tough life, uh, John, a very disciplined life, uh, to be able to do what they do day after day. Uh, and then when you see the size of them and then you see the size of the horses that they're on, uh, you understand the danger elements involved as well. But uh, uh, special people in that regard. Yeah, that weight thing's massive, isn't it? Like James McDonald, we heard him talking about it, Like, um, especially with those huge races, Smithy, like the Melbourne Cup, those big staying races. They just need small jockeys, don't they? So guys like Opie Bosson, I guess, kind of get overlooked from those massive races because you need to be tiny. Well, 54 a half, he says he has to get down to for this weekend. Uh, 56 now, um, even 56, you know, it, it, because, you know, he, he he likes to live life as well. So it's pretty hard. For some people, their metabolism and that, it just falls off them. They don't have any problem whatsoever getting down to those very restrictive weights. But in Opie's case, it is a real, it's a real sacrifice that, that he has to make in a real concerted effort to get down to 54 a half, which is... Uh, uh, well below where he'd be comfortable at, I'm sure. And and when you're riding at that weight, of course, uh, you know you, you can feel quite weak because you've lost a, a lot of your, your strength, etc. Uh, you haven't been able to build up food reserves and energy levels and that. So uh, you notice you can notice sometimes on hot days, etc., when jockeys ride in big staying races, uh, they come back to the birdcage and a lot of them are pretty much spent and they they take a, a lot of uh, rehydration, etc., to get them back up and going. And then of course some of them only have what, 30 minutes off, 35 minutes off, and they're out there again. So uh, they don't get paid much uh, unless they ride the big winners and uh, they can cash in. Uh, not all of them are James McDonald's, so I can promise you that. Yep. Requests still coming in for horse-related songs, which is taken off this morning, which is uh, thank you very much for texting those in. And this one's a classic. We've had a couple for this, Smithy. The Tribute to Bone Crusher. Here's a little story that we think should be told About a famous Kiwi who is only three years old He crushed his shoulder badly, thought he'd never make it back His courage saw him through and now he's storming down the track His name's Bone Crusher, Bone Crusher. he's going for the gap 
bone crusher. Should be our greatest since Farlap. Come on, bone crusher. Bone crusher, champion horse is he. Bone crusher, he is the pride of Ellerslie. Holy, I mean, they don't write them like that anymore, do they, Smithy? No, I was just thinking that the, he won the Cox Plate in that match race with Waverley Star all those years ago. And uh, I think the line was um, Bone Crusher races into equine immortality. Um, so not surprising that they wrote songs about Bone Crusher. And what a great name for a horse as well. Uh, of course, uh, Frank Ritchie uh, evolved heavily in that. So, uh, no, uh, Bone Crusher, great memories there. We've got some others. Um, so we'll, we'll play them again uh, throughout the morning. John, uh, yep. you've stumbled onto a good thing, actually, a really a, a really good thing. And we'll also have a guest later this morning, Smithy, that loves writing uh, songs, James McConey. I mean, when it comes to moulding sport and comedy and writing songs about sport, James McConey is like, he's a modern-day guy who would write songs like that back in the day about Bone Crusher. So looking forward to him at uh, about 20 to 12 today. Yeah, we'll look forward to uh, listening uh, to James and our, our uh, comedy slot. Um, uh, and we're talking to Andrew Carston after 11 o'clock. Man, is he a busy guy? Does he have uh, some horses uh, to get through during this carnival and prepare, etc.? So we'll talk to him about his chances. Um, and uh, at least today, I can count up, he's got uh, one, two, four, six, eight, uh, at least 11 horses in today. So, and, and we're also going to talk uh, greyhounds uh, later this morning too. We're going to talk to David Fahey. Uh, he's got four horses in the New Zealand Greyhound Cup. Uh, and that's raced down here in Christchurch tomorrow night. Stake of $100,000 and all over in a matter of seconds, just 520 metres. So cutthroat there. He's got four chances, David Fahey. So uh, we'll feature that uh, throughout the morning as well as talking to uh, Pip Morris about that race perhaps uh, and also Louis Herman Watts. So we're going to continue the racing theme here at Rickerton Park, John. I'd love to um, hear and, some cricket yep. out of you, Smithy. Um, oh, okay. Because, you know, you, you played a couple of games um, and, and commentated a few too. Uh, England. Who do you think they'll open with? I mean, I heard someone say in commentary the other day, Joss Butler is the best white ball batter England has ever had. It was the call. Do they promote him to open? Well, Joss Butler will open. Oh, sorry, with Johnny Bairstow. Sorry. Yeah. Well, with Johnny Bairstow, yeah. Uh, there's a chance that they could promote Bairstow. Bairstow's a bit of a floater, and he handles the big pressure. Uh, a lot of people think Johnny Bairstow's slightly different. Um, <clears throat> I quite like his company, actually. I, I, I like the way he plays cricket. And uh, I, I, I think whatever role you ask Johnny Bairstow to do, he would uh, gladly do. They've got uh, Dawood Milan, of course, floating around. They might throw in a, maybe a pinch hitter as well. Uh, just something to catch New Zealand by surprise. Uh, certainly they're going to miss Jason Roy. That is a huge plus for us, Roy not being there. He can take the game away from you, uh, even a T20 game, in a matter of four to five overs, you can be chasing a very, very big total. So uh, I like uh, I like our chances. Uh, 2.30, as I said, on the market at the moment. Uh, the way we're functioning at the moment, um, we've, uh, we've just got, uh, I think we've got an improver's tag as we've gone on throughout the competition. We hit Pakistan first up and they were lying in wait for us. We all know that. Uh, did we bounce back well against India? My word, we did. We knocked them out of the tournament and all sorts of ructions now uh, in Indian cricket with a new coach coming in. But uh, they're really looking at why, again, they failed on the big stage. So uh, keep your eye on that. That is an interesting story, John. Yeah, and how's this for a battle? Joss Butler... 240 runs at this tournament and an average of 120 at a strike rate of 155 against Trent Bolt, 
11 wickets at 10.45 at an economy rate of 5.84. So that opening over of Butler against Bolt is going to be sensational. Worth getting up for at 3am. Yeah, it is. It is worth getting up for, to be fair, or staying up for if you're so inclined. But uh, I'll be getting up to watch it. Um, I, I like Salvi against um, Butler as well. Very heady bowler. And I don't mind a bit of Milne at, uh, at Butler as well with a bit of pace and a bit of fire. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the, the other aspect, which is the Mitchell Santner, who can bowl the first over of an innings as well. So New Zealand quite nicely balanced in terms of their bowling attack. Uh, and I would uh, I would quite like to see us have a crack at England first up if we won the toss. We don't want us to have a great record in these. But uh, I'm comfortable with us chasing. Uh, and, uh, you know, England lost their last game. So their, their, their run, their nice little roll that they were on came to uh, a very quick halt against South Africa. So they're beatable. They're absolutely beatable, John. And just to text in, maybe Moen Ali will open. What do you think about that? Well, there's a chance there too, uh, as a, 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 another versatile player. I, I wouldn't mind Moen Ali starting off against us because he's not going to do the damage that Roy did. He's a more concerted, considered player. Um, you know, but uh, he, he might be a nice foil for Butler. But when you're, when you're actually uh, hitting in terms of T20 cricket, you want to go both barrels. You just go like we go with, we go with Mitchell at the moment and, and we go with Guptill. We just have a crack at both ends. There's no respite for the bowlers if you get in and get started. So I like that approach. I really do like that approach. So um, as I say, confident, very, very confident. Uh, that we can win tonight. I really am. It's 10.18 here on SCNZ. Maybe the panel will think so as well. Uh, We'll catch up with them very shortly. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Andrew Gordy and Mark Hinton with us this morning on the panel. Two very learned gentlemen in their uh, two particular fields. Uh, Andrew Gordy, of course, uh, wasn't at Cup Day yesterday. Did you get any of the flavour, though, through the television? And Andrew Gordy, were Mr and Mrs Gordy partaking at all? <laughs> morning, Steve. Morning, Mark. Morning to all the listeners. Uh, look, I certainly was. Can't say Mrs Gordy was. I think she was a bit, a bit busy yesterday. But um, I've got to say, it was still... A brilliant watch, wasn't it? Even though obviously there were no uh, no fans on course, um, it was still fantastic racing. I, I, I absolutely loved the day. Incredible from Mark Purden. I mean, boy, oh boy, six winners on Cup Day. That's that's something we've never seen before. But um, there was something quite poetic, I thought, about uh, Copy Dat getting up for Blair Orange and and uh, and Ray Green as well, especially after what happened last year. I mean, I think most people would agree that that horse was completely robbed at the start and so it was it was great to see them get the, get the big one uh, in the New Zealand Cup. Yeah, it was actually. Uh, it really was, and uh, it was a beautifully timed and plotted drive, and it just uh, all fell into place uh, really, really nicely. Uh, Mark, uh, Cup Week for you. Uh, uh, any memories or any investments at all? Well, both, Smithy. I've got a lot of memories. Um, my dad was a real... Uh, a real racing man, and particularly the harness racing. So we used to go there for family holidays when I was a kid, pretty much every year for Cup Week. We'd be up there for the trotting cup, maybe stay on through the show day. Um, so a lot of memories, you know, watching some of the great uh, harness races of New Zealand history, really, and their finest horses like uh, Lord Module and Young Quinn and all those, you know, as a kid, I remember watching them and just being in thrall, really, wonderful wonderful spectacles they provided so a, lo- a lot of memories and you know being there amongst the um especially as a kid crowding up to the to the fence and 
getting the, the best looks as you do amongst thousands and thousands of people. I uh, just remember, you know, particularly when you're young, uh, crowds always seem bigger. But, uh, uh, you know, that was my sort of big takeaway from yesterday. What a shame. Just no people there. I mean, you were there, so you're very lucky. Yeah. But what a shame, you know. It just didn't make any sense to me that Cantabs weren't allowed to go along to to watch uh, watch the day's racing. But anyway... Um, it is what it was, you know. It is what it is, as the All Blacks love to say. So there were no people there, but there was still great racing, and I did, yeah, did enjoy the the racing. But I had my money on self-assured thirdly, so it came a crop. I had your multi amongst several rolling on to self-assured Smithy, and didn't yeah. quite deliver. So uh, I didn't make that much money yesterday. Apologies, Mark, for that. Um, on the on the, on some good on some good news in an area you follow very closely, um, SENZ. Uh, we don't like to blow our own trumpet or whatever, but uh, we're in the news uh, for uh, now owning the Otago Nuggets, which is a real boost for Southern basketball. Yeah, yeah, great to see SEN. You know, SEN getting involved in ownership. I mean, this in New Zealand, of course, they do have ownership of the a little team in. The Australian NBL called the Perth Wildcats, who I think are on a run of 36 straight NBL postseason appearances. So um, they do have um, some ownership history in, in the sport of hoops, but coming into New Zealand, great investment. The Otago Nuggets, I played for them back in the day many, many years ago, Smithy, in the, uh, in the 80s when I came out of high school in Dunedin, but uh, uh, before they were the glorious team they are now. But yeah, great, great to see, and it's, it's a real indication of that New Zealand NBL. Which is the main feeder league into the into the Australian NBL, which is now one of the the world's best professional leagues. Uh, that New Zealand mm. NBL was really on some firm footing in SEN's uh, um, investment, shall we say, in a uh, in a in a good southern <laughs> southern hoops club. Uh, um, is indicative of that. That that league is on firm footing. And look, uh, uh, the uh, GM uh, Justin Nelson has just finished a three-year term there, and we should note the work he's done turning that league around and, you know, SEN's investment smithy is a sign of that. So well done to Justin Nelson, who now works for Sky Sport, I'm told, um, in a very high role. But he's done great work at the NBL. OK, I'll keep an eye out for him. Uh, he's probably my boss as we speak. Um, let's have a look. Could be. Um, <laughs> Let's have a little look at a little bit of boxing here. Of course, the Joseph Parker fight prior to Christmas. Uh, Derek Chisora Gords has come out and said Parker has no real power. He isn't really that phased about him at all. Which, Tim, to be honest, I'm not really surprised to hear that from Derek Chisora. I mean, he always talks up a, a, a decent game ahead of ahead of these fights as well. He's probably one of the more marketable uh, boxers in, in the world, I, I, I would imagine, which is probably why he's... Uh, managing to get some relatively high-profile fights despite his uh, his relatively modest record. But there's probably some truth in, in what he's saying. I mean, Joseph Parker, he hasn't exactly, um, you know, set the house on fire in the last few years. Um, he, he probably, he is lacking some punching power. He is lacking that, that devastating knockout punch, which every heavyweight needs to make an impact in this division. So I, I don't mind that from him. Um, and and I, I, I'm would be surprised if Joseph would necessarily disagree with that. I'm interested to know what Mike thinks about that as well. Yeah, uh, Smithy, uh, um, this is a massive fight for Joseph Parker. I was up there, lucky enough to be there, when he fought uh, Dillian White and lost. And that was the beginning of the sort of downward spiral for Joseph Parker. Um, wonderful man, tremendous human being, and just someone who's really great to be around. But gosh, it's been disappointing the last few years, as Andrew touched on. 
look, this is do or die for Joseph Parker. He was very poor in the first fight. Um, as Andrew said, um, Chisora is really a glorified journeyman. Um, he does have a personality, he mm. does have a profile in the UK, but he's, he's just a journeyman. He's a guy Parker should be, you know, sashaying past with, real, you know, with a degree of comfort, and he did last time. He possibly lost that fight. He was very lucky to get the decision. Um, he has to win this fight. He has to win it well, or his career is heading down a very ugly place. Um, and, and he's talking positively. He's, he's, he's had a longer camp with his new trainer, Andy Lee. You know, he's up in Tyson Fury's gym, I believe. Um, um, you know, doing the right things. But we need to see Joseph Parker. We need to see the old Joseph Parker, including punching power, or else, I'm sorry to say, this career could be heading towards an ugly end. Okay, uh, some stern thoughts there about uh, Joseph Parker. Um, I want to, uh, if you guys can just stick around for a moment or two, I want to come back and uh, focus on uh, Aaron Smith on the way to the All Blacks, um, out of uh, nowhere really. Uh, Ireland having a, a Kiwi contingent um, who uh, are allowed to play for Ireland but not for the Pacific Islands. And uh, the Black Caps, the Black Caps against England uh, later on tonight. So plenty to talk about, fellas, if you stick around, please. Uh, it is 10.30 here on SENZ. Talk, big opinions, the panel. Okay, uh, the panel uh, this morning, Mark Hinton and uh, Andrew Gordy, of course. Uh, Andrew Gordy, news coming through yesterday of a rescue mission of sorts by, by Aaron Smith, who we thought was... Uh, was uh, done and dusted with international rugby until the new year. Yeah, I bet he thought that as well. I, mean, I thought this was a bit of a surprise um, when this came through. Is this, I, I suppose the big question I had, is this really necessary? Um, look, I'm not exactly sure of the, what sort of state Brad Weber is in after the weekend. Um, look, if he's, if he's definitely out for, for these next two weeks, then... I guess it, may, it probably is something you've got to consider, but you've still got Finlay Christie and TJ Pettin out of there. Um, if, if, if it's sort of like a Brad Weber's, you know, um, maybe maybe needs a week off or something, surely we can get through this game with TJ Pettin out and Finlay Christie. Well, I mean, I just, yeah, my, my takeaway, I suppose, was this was um, seemed like a, a luxury, I suppose. It seemed pretty unnecessary and, a, and an awfully long way to go uh, for, for probably one test. What did you make of it, Mark, when you heard the news? Yeah, um, not surprised, um, given it's just purely a numbers game with the All Blacks. So they only had three specialist halfbacks on tour. And when Brad Webber's uh, gone into sort of some sort of concussion-type protocol or whatever with his broken nose as well, um, clearly he's, he's, he's in major doubt. So that leaves them just two, two in a specialist position because, you know, you, you had utilities throughout rugby, but halfback and hooker are considered the two specialist positions. Um, and, and they do get situations like, remember when Dane Coles uh, injured himself in the warm-up um, leading up to, I think it was the Fiji test, and, um, you know, they had to, you know, quickly um, dress a, a, one of the guys in the stands uh, for the game. Um, the, you know, these things happen. Now, I guess it's just kind of being ultra careful. If you have only two halfbacks and one of the halfbacks, say, tw- twin, you know, ping something in a captain's run or in the warm-up to the game, you can be caught short so um yeah a little bit of a surprise but this is just them i guess dotting their eyes and crossing their t's and making sure they've got all their bases covered two big tests to finish off smithy ireland and france it's been a long time waiting uh since those box tests for legitimate competition for the all blacks but here it is 
So, Gorge, you, you fly him over there. Um, he's a fit young guy, so he won't uh, it won't take long before he's he's up and running and ready to 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 get involved in the action. How soon? And would you even consider the possibility of him starting against France in ten days? Yeah, I think there's definitely something. I mean, if he's there, if he's there, you may as well, putting aside what I've just said about whether it was necessary, if the decision's been made that he's going and he's going to be here, he starts. I mean, the, the, it's not as though he was in New Zealand because he had suddenly lost form and was uh, there were uh, three other guys who, who were in better form and picked ahead of him. Aaron Smith is still by far and away not just the best halfback in New Zealand, he's the best halfback in the world. So if he's available and he's fit, then absolutely he starts against France. It's a, it's a complete no-brainer for him. OK, and uh, Mark Hinton, is that, uh, is that a, a bit of a kick in the guts for TJ Perinara, Finlay Christie, or just fact of the matter? Fact of the matter. Um, yeah, it'd be a big call to start Aaron Smith ahead of TJ Perinara, but uh, as Andrew says, he is absolutely in everyone's eyes in New Zealand, the number one halfback in everyone's eyes in the world, to be honest. Anyone, who's, anyone whose eyes are open, I mean, he's a fabulous player, so you, it would be tempting, but uh, a little bit unprecedented to bring a guy in from the other side of the world and, and push him into a starting spot. So big call next week. I guess a lot will depend on what we see uh, this weekend against Ireland. TJ Perinara has a great game. They won't be dropping him. Um, I imagine he'll start, almost, oh, certainly will start. Um, but, uh, you know, if he's a bit shaky and, and, and there's a few question marks, I think they would absolutely go back to Aaron Smith because you know what you're getting. The fastest, swiftest uh, son of a gun when it comes to um, halfback delivery of the ball. So, um, yeah, the, that option will certainly be on the table next week, but let's get past Ireland too. Gorge, tonight, uh, well, uh, tomorrow morning, 3 o'clock, uh, here we go again. It's our first uh, crack at England on the, the international stage at a big event since uh, we know when, back there at Lords back in 2019. So a chance for a little bit of retribution against an, an England team which is suffering a a little bit through injury. Smitty, before I, before we talk about that, I'm just wondering how's your post traumatic stress disorder as we approach another you know white ball game <laughs> against England. Yeah, uh, it's high, it's high. Um, I won't be there this time around. <laughs> I won't be there this time around, so I'll be uh, whinging and moaning, I guess, from my couch rather than the commentary box. Dooley will be there carrying the flag for us, and dynamic Danny Morrison. Don't forget Danny, so he'll be there in some capacity too, but. Yeah, uh, I think uh, for Gords, for a number of the players that were heavily involved in that particular event, uh, here's a chance, and I think a, a, a darn good chance too, just looking at the two sides. Absolutely, and yeah, you'll be, you'll be self-medicating probably like the rest of us as we're watching along. But no, you're absolutely right. And I know I said on, the start, on this very show, um, you know, only a few weeks ago that I, I didn't really have any, too many expectations for this Black Cat side going into this World Cup but I'm just loving the way. And, you, and you, you'll know, you've seen plenty of tournaments. How, how teams can grow into a tournament, that's what feels like we're seeing with this Black Caps team. Like, obviously, they had a tough start against Pakistan, who are, I think the entire tournament has now proven, are probably the favourites to win this thing. They're, they're, going, they're going very, very well indeed. And for this Black Caps team to then respond to that by beating India and then doing what they had to do against uh, their other group opponents, they're bringing all the right momentum, all the right form into this game. And whereas you look at England, who started with the Hassan Aurora, uh, they go and lose to South Africa. They've lost Jason Roy now. They'll be starting... And the, the mental side of things is you get to these semi-final stages of these tournaments. 
is massive, and you would have to say that everything is trending in the right direction for this Black Caps team, and there will start to be some some doubt starting to, to seep into the minds of these, these English players as well. So it's a fascinating contest in store. I have no doubt there will be a bit of chat on the field uh, regarding the Lords from two years ago, but I just think mentally most of this New Zealand team are just beyond that, and I think they're, they're pretty, pretty strong mentally, and I think they'll give this a red-hot prep tonight, and a win would not surprise Okay, Mark, uh, I, I know you'll be watching this uh, with uh, a, a certain degree of eagerness as well. Uh, where do you see the key Absolutely. matchups for, yeah. for you? Well, I was thinking about this, just as, as Andrew was talking. Um, I think, for me, um, it comes down to New Zealand's bowling attack. If England back first, we've got you know we've got to even without Jason Roy, there's still some fierce power there. Um, and you know, if, if our bowling attack, which has been Pretty damn good in this tournament. Very balanced. Um, you know, no real... They're not really riding the coattails of one person in particular. They're all chipping in, um, bowling well. But if they can contain that fierce of England lineup, whether it's chasing or whether it's setting a total, I think we're in with a real chance. I think if we're chasing 200 on those wickets, we would struggle. But if we're, ch- you know, if we're chasing, say, 140 one to 160 or... or, or um, we're able to set that sort of the target in that high echelon. I think we're in with a real chance. So um, for me, it comes down to our bowlers, though. Um, you've got to put um, doubt in that batting lineup. If they, if, if they start swinging freely, it can get ugly real quickly, as you know, Smithy. So for me, it's the bowlers. But Martin Guptill, you know, just, I've just got a feeling that redemption, it's a great storyline, isn't it, redemption? And wouldn't yeah. it be fantastic to see him playing a key part in a in the Black Cats victory? So I'll be watching Martin Guptill and that, Black Caps attack for me, but there are so many key players all over the park. Yeah, absolutely right. It's uh, it's going to be special, it really is. Wouldn't be great if if Martin Guptill ran somebody out in the last play of the day by a matter of inches. Uh, <laughs> Gords, here's the thing, uh, Gords. I'm going to play you a piece of music, and then I want an honesty, an honest assessment of that piece of music, and and if you've ever used it in any capacity at all, John. That's a beauty. Okay. Okay. Daryl. It's one of the greats. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us yeah, a wee bit about the significance. Yeah. <laughs> so the significance of that uh, of that wonderful tune um, is uh, is that it's one of my wife's uh, favourite favourite songs. And for her fortieth birthday, uh, a good friend of mine, Melissa Chan Green, and I recreated the music video uh, to that song, frame frame for frame. And um, it's probably one of the... It's a cinematic masterpiece, uh, to, to put it lightly. Um, and it's a surprise it didn't win any awards, actually. But, look, I'm pleased that you're spreading the word to me. There's still time for this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I take it you've seen it and you must have enjoyed it. I haven't seen it. I want to see it. Uh, the world wants to see it. The world <laughs> wants to see it. So send the link, please, in, uh, and we shall uh, view it, assess it, um, and give our opinion on it. But I'm, I'm led to believe it is, as you say, an absolute masterpiece. You romantic, you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the actual, if my performance is entirely romantic. But no, it's, it's, it's on YouTube. I, I can, I'm happy to send you the link. Um, yeah, that's, it's a beauty, mate. You'll, I'm sure you'll have a good laugh, at least. 
Okay. Enjoy the cricket tonight, fellas, uh, and the rugby at the weekend. Uh, and, of course, uh, the remainder of Cup Week 2 is, uh, as you look on from afar. Thank you very much for your time this morning, Andrew Cordy, and to Mark Hinton. Take a short uh, break here from Rickerton Park. When we come back, uh, some more text, maybe a bit of music. And then before 11 o'clock, uh, we will also have uh, Louis Herman Watt and Pip Morrison. And Pip Morris, of course, really excited because it's a big time of the year for Greyhound Racing as well. Voting like Prime SBW. It's Mornings with Ian Smith, live from New Zealand Cup Week. Well, it's 10.48 here on SENZ. We've been playing favourite horse songs uh, throughout the, with the theme of racing, and, and horse, uh, is, of course, is part of it. Uh, and uh, we've uh, just had a, a little bit of communication from New Zealand's leading race caller and George Simon. And George uh, has travelled the world, of course, uh, all around the place calling uh, major races, Japan, the UK. He's been everywhere, basically. But he's also been to uh, the Triple Crown in the United States. And he said... Uh, uh, and I, I, I didn't know this, that this particular song is played um, by uh, the, the people at uh, the Belmont Stakes. And this is as the horses are leaving the birdcage to go onto the track. Uh, you'll know the song, but you might not know the association. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York Yeah, old Blue Eyes himself, Frank Sinatra and George said it's probably on a racetrack one of the most moving times he can remember uh, with the crowd getting involved and, and just those uh, those beautiful tones uh, and a history, a historic uh, and traditional time at the Belmont Stakes, of course, uh, one uh, of those Triple Crown races along with uh, the Kentucky Derby and, uh, of course, the Preakness as well. So, yeah, thanks very much for that, George. And uh, I didn't know about that, so uh, I've been enlightened on, on something again this morning. 10.50 here on SENZ. Uh, when we come back, uh, Louis Herman Watt and Pip Morris. He's in the Garden City for New Zealand Cup Week. Got a tip? Let him know on SCNZ. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz. Racing's biggest fan. It's about an hour away till we hear those uh, tones, actually, as the horses come into the birdcage for race one here at Rickerton Park. Sorry you can't be here, Louie. It's fun. <laughs> no doubt it's fun, Smithy. You're in, the, you're in New Zealand's premier city with New Zealand's premier people watching New Zealand's premier sport. It's, uh, it's fantastic. I, you know, I was thinking about it. You were going to ask me for a tip of what I like. I should really just be asking you. You're on track. You're getting all the mail. What's the bully? Well, you can listen to uh, Andrew Carson just after 11 o'clock. He's uh, just come into uh, our little studio here, our makeshift studio. So listen for Andrew Carson just after 11 and about uh, five or six minutes time, Louis Herman Watt, and uh, you might pick up something. But surely you've got something for us. Yeah, I do, actually. I do, Smithy. You're right. Um, the mail run this morning going from 8 to 10 each week. Day this week with Mick Guerra. We're having a lot of fun. And I feel like we've found a couple here. Uh, a couple of the Pittman runners, actually, and obviously they love this carnival. 
I mentioned it a couple of days ago. Race number seven, Zakunda. You're still getting five fifty-two dollars ten in the staying affair over twenty-five hundred meters. Um, kind of had a little run in, between, in behind them last start at Ashburton, got held up a bit. I think Zakunda today is going to run a huge race. They don't worry about the distance at all. And my best of the day is race two. So nice and early for punters. We've lost the price. It's short enough, three dollars twenty at the New Zealand TAB. But Wild Rover absolutely flopped out of the gates last start down at Wangatui and flew home over the 1,200 and ate the line-up for no name never gelding. I think he is going to absolutely love to step up to 1,400 metres today. And if Sam Wynn can get him out of the gates in race two, we're going to build a very nice bank to be able to go bang in the Copeland's Bakery Mile. Okay, Louis, you have a great day watching on from afar. We're, to be perfectly honest, we're not missing you at all. I was just making that up. Um, Pip, Pip. Pip Morris from uh, the TAB uh, comes in now. Um, Pip, uh, big night tomorrow night for the Greyhounds, the New Zealand Cup. Stake money, $100,000. You must be getting excited about that prospect. No, I certainly am. It's just what a fantastic field we've got once again too. Smitty, good morning to you. And I think it could be Craig Roberts' cup this time. And uh, Leonard Bale's moved in too from $4 to three eighty, And you've got Tokyo Bird. I think she's a chance. And she's drifted out to 11 And then, of course, uh, you can't discount Gene and Dave Fahey with a power superstar. So it's going to be another cracker. Yeah, we're talking to David Fahey uh, in the next hour, actually. So uh, we'll get some update uh, on. He's got four in the race. So uh, certainly a leading hand there. Uh, what, what news from the TAB today, Pip? Well, we've got plenty on, as per usual. And, of course, we're back off to Rickerton. So the first two races there are bonus-back races. And in the first, the most easily backed there is still number one in the book. And that's all, it's all over Rover. It's moved from four fifty into $3.50. So quite a bit of movement on him. And in race number two as well, easily the biggest being bet is Wild Rover. And there was a big bet on him last night at around $1,200 at three eighty, now into $3.20 in both of those bonus back races. And then onto the Coopless Smile as well, uh, there was a big bet on Marcus Aurelius there. He's been the most backed. And the other one is Miss Tycoon Rose too. She's been at half the race uh, has been put on her. And there's been a $5,000 win bet placed on her at $3.20. Thanks very much, uh, Pip. Um, if I don't speak to you beforehand, uh, enjoy that uh, big greyhound meeting uh, tomorrow night. Uh, it's down here as well in Christchurch, but uh, you'll catch it on trackside as well as uh, here on SENZ. Uh, coming up to 11 o'clock, uh, straight after the 11 o'clock news, uh, privileged to be joined by Andrew Carson, who has uh, a number of entries here today at Rickerton on Coupland's Mile Day. He's the voice of sport in New Zealand, and today he's live from New Zealand Cup Week. This is Mornings with Ian Smith. It's uh, 11.02 here on SENZ. I'm stationed uh, about two yards away from the birdcage in uh, around about 50 minutes' time. Uh, the horses will be coming around uh, for race one. Uh, I'm really privileged to, to be joined by Andrew Carson, who does have a runner in race one. We'll uh, ask him about that very shortly. Andrew, good morning to you. A slightly different carnival, but uh, in terms of the racing, the quality's still there. Yeah, good morning. Um, yeah, like you're dead right. It's uh, it's a little bit disappointing not to have the crowds here because this is our number one week of the year. Um, but yep, we're still racing and uh, 
There's some good fields. Okay, you've uh, you're based over here. You're just telling you're pointing in the distance, uh, um, man. They've set you up nicely here, and you've got uh, now with the new training facilities, of course, uh, and the synthetic track, etc. It's it's primo, really good. Oh, absolutely. Look, I've always sort of said once we've got the synthetic in, we could have near on the best training facility in New Zealand, and uh, I agree with that. And, um, you know, we've got some really good training facilities. The synthetic's going to be massive going forward into the winter, into our winter months. Uh, we probably don't um, give it the benefit, the credit it deserves at the moment mm. because we have alternatives, but um, it's going to be massive uh, asset going forward. Significance of Cup Week from a training point of view, particularly in your backyard? Um, yeah, look, it's... Uh, it always strives to, to win races at Cup Week. We all do. Um, the money's up for sure, and uh, it's on our back door. So, mm. yeah, look, really uh, looking forward to the rest of the week. So tell us about um, your team. How many have you got in work at the moment? Uh, so I worked up to about 40. I've just taken over a new barn, so uh, 40 is my limit, and uh, I want to stick to that. I, I feel you get a little bit... You lose, you, lo- you can lose your way if you get any bigger. So I- I'm happy to stick around 40, and I've got some really good clients. Obviously, Go Racing are my number one supporters at mm. this stage, and that's uh, you know really positive. So that's Albert, Albert and the team. So tell us about that relationship. Uh, yeah, so I took over the training from um, Lisa Ladder when she left the South Island, and I took over her stable, and uh, I met Matt Allnut, uh, who's the racing manager for Go Racing, and. Uh, we got on well, and they decided to leave the horses with me, and it's sort of just uh, progressed from there. But they've been uh, really, really supportive. I often wonder when you, you look at the the big, the really big trainers like uh, Chris Waller, etc., whose success is undoubted, of course. How they get to know their horses over when they've got so many over so many different venues? Yeah, I think um, from Chris's point of view, I think mainly he's a. Uh, He's a routine man, and uh, they stick to the routine, and they get a lot of results. But he's got some really good people around him as well, and uh, that's the key. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, let's uh, look at what you've got in today. You've got, uh, uh, my count, 11 horses in today, beginning in race one with uh, if it happens again. Yeah, he was a little bit disappointing on the first day, I'll be honest. He got back on the fence and never really travelled. But uh, the plan was always to go from the mile to the 2,000 in the middle day, and mm. uh, I think he's always wanted to get to the 2,000. Um, so, look. I will forgive him for the first day run, um, steps him up in ground, it's not an overly strong field and with Lisa all pressed uh, jumping on I'm pretty confident that uh, he will improve on his first day run. you got a couple in the second, uh, Megalomaniac and uh, Fragible. Yeah, Megalomaniac's a horse that's going quite well, uh, I've stepped him to 1400 metres and put the senior jockey on, uh, he'll be positive from the gate and uh, he's definitely an each way chance and if Fragible uh, scratched you the first day, she drew 23, I uh, felt this was just a better option, she's drawn good. Uh, she'll be positive from there, and she's definitely a top three player too. And uh, pretty uh, pretty well look, liked in the market as well, as is uh, La Cofradia in uh, race three, six, uh, sixes and twos at the moment. Yeah, so she went really well the first day. She got back from a terrible gate, and uh, she's not an easy mare. She's taking a little bit of time, um, but pretty green, but uh, mm. she's learning her craft. I've just decided to go back from the mile to the 14, just hope to get her off the bridle. And uh, she's got a good turn of foot, so she's definitely a good chance. I've got Dice Land in that race as well. Uh, she was disappointing last start, but uh, I'll forgive her for that. She did quite a lot of work, and we've just freshened her up and brought her back to 14 as well. But uh, Larka Friday, definitely the best of those two. Okay, uh, one of the features today, uh, Andrew, is uh, of course the Valachi Downs uh, Canary Breeders Stakes, uh, of which you know how to win. You won it a couple of years ago with the ticket to ride, so you've got representatives in that. Yeah, three runners in this race. I think Severine's really well placed here. She's. Um, She's third, uh, fourth up for the preparation and she's been running in uh, sort of Hassebro, Miss Tycoon Rose form um, in races that she probably couldn't win. She drops back to the Phillies and Mears uh, from a good barrier and uh, I think she's, she's really, uh, she's right in the race I'll be honest. I think mm-hmm. she should probably settle just behind the speed and um, get every chance. 
Um, pull your socks up. Hasn't her form doesn't look that good, but again she's in races she probably couldn't win at uh, shorter trips. Unfortunately a sticky barrier, so she's going to need some luck today. And Tamahini's a reasonably new horse to my stable. Um, Gail Temper didn't seem to down with this race in mind. Uh, her first start again a race she probably couldn't win at 1200 down the chute. Uh, she was off the track and just it's run out of puff. So we'll ride her quiet today up to the 14. She's a chance as well. Well, you get to have. Uh, a maybe a cup of coffee and a, a, a bit of a chat between uh, races six and nine. And then actually someone texted in this morning and tipped uh, uh, oh Jessica to us, uh, along with Melody Rocks uh, in the ninth. Yeah, a couple of new mares to my stable. Um, Melody Rocks is a pretty fast mare. She's gone good races down the dog league at uh, Trentham. So I'm hopeful she can do the same at Rickerton. Um, she's first up without a trial, but uh, she's a pretty fast mare and got a good gait. So yeah, I'm, I'm, happy. I'm interested to see her go, but I'm happy with how she's going. And oh Jessica trialled really sharp the other day. Uh, didn't ask a lot of her, and um, she was very good. Um, Sticko's always sort of said to me, we'll plan with this race first up, and uh, we've got here in good order. We've got a pretty average gait, um, but look, we're going in the shoot, so with a three-kilo claim, she's definitely a chance as well, but just learning about those two. The feature of the day, of course, uh, is always uh, on this day anyway, the Coupland Smile. I think it's the 17th running with uh, race uh, name associated to it. Uh, you've got uh, one of the very fancied horses in this, and has a bro. Yeah, look, really, really happy with him. I actually listened to a few people discussing the race in the last hour too, and they, they're tipping everything else around him. But mm. look, he's got the runs on the board. I think he's, his preparation's gone 100% to plan since I've had him. Um, he, yes, he carries the top weight in the race, but um, he's carried that all season so far, and it hasn't affected him. Uh, good barrier. Uh, and look, Jake Larry's had two rides on the horse for two wins. So everything has gone 100% to plan. As I say, I'm more than happy with my horse, and uh, he'll run well. How many you got in on Cup Day? Uh, I think I've accepted about 10, mm. uh, but mainly um, in the in the lower grade races, but uh, they're $50,000, so they're still worth winning. Cool, absolutely. Hey, Andrew, thanks very much for, for popping in. I know you've got plenty to do, including Saddle One Up very shortly. So uh, all the best today. Yeah, um, and uh, going ahead too, and uh, really enjoying what I'm, I'm looking out on here at Rickett, and it looks fantastic. Yeah, awesome. Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, cheers. Andrew Carson there, folks. Uh, he's got a number of uh, viable chances today, so uh, follow those, and uh, he's just outlined... Uh, uh, some of the reasons why, so uh, that's cool. It's uh, 11.09 here on SEN, uh, John. Uh, we've been throwing uh, some songs at you, some uh, favourite horse songs, and uh, you've got a couple more. Yeah, man, they've been flooding in right from the start of the day. It's been fantastic, actually. Um, and a couple of people have asked for this classic from Val Dunican. Now Delaney had a donkey... <laughs> That everyone admired, temporarily lazy and permanently tired. A leg at every corner, balance in his head, and a tail to let you know which end he wanted to be fed. Riley slyly said, We've underrated it, why not train it? Then they took a rag, they rubbed it, scrubbed it, they oiled and embricated it, got it to the postman, the starter dropped the flag. There was Riley pushing it, shoving it, shushing it. Hogan, Logan and everyone in town Lined up attacking it and shoving it and smacking it They might as well have tried to push the town hall down The donkey was eyeing them, openly defying them Winking, blinking and twisting out of place Riley reversing it, everybody cursing it The day Delaney's donkey ran the half mile race Val Dunican, Smithy, that's a classic, isn't it? 
It is a classic, but it's not in the Frank Sinatra mould, as far as I'm concerned. It's not in the Daryl Braithwaite mould, Johnny. You're sort of drawing a very long bro here. Hey, this is people asking for that song. We had two people, Phil G from Tawa and someone else without their name. And there's been a couple for Have You Had The Beetle Bomb song? And pretty sure yeah. there's a song which says, Here Comes The Beetle Bomb. And they're right. Yeah. It's by Spike Jones. And here it goes. There they go! Stu-chan going to the front. Cabbage is second on the rail. Beautiful Linda is third by a length. And a beetle bomb. Around the first turn, Stu-chan is still in front. Cabbage is second by a head. Cabbage by a head! Beautiful Linda is third. And a beetle bomb. Smithy, back on the day when you'd buy vinyl, uh, like comedic vinyl, chuck it on and just sit around. Like There wasn't, wasn't a lot of TV going around. And if you did have a TV, it was tiny and black and white. So it's back in the day, writing songs like that and chucking them on the vinyl. Good times. Next you'll be playing Ernie, who drove uh, the fastest milk cart in the West. Goodness me, what are you coming up with next? Well, mate, we quite romantic, quite symbolic for a while there, and they're coming up with this stuff. This is the people, Smithy, this is what they want. And the next request for the greatest horse songs going around is this one, and we all love this show, we all love this song. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course, that is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. A. Go right to the source and ask the horse, he'll give you the answer that you endorse. He's always on a steady course. Talk to Mr. A. They put peanut butter on his gums, I was told, Smithy, to make him look like he talked. Is that right? Okay, fancy that. Uh, there's no truth to the rumour that that is a, uh, uh, the possible next song for a particular political party in this country. Is that right, John? Okay, <laughs> no. let's move. Let's, no, there's no truth to that rumour at all, and it didn't start. It did not start on this particular show uh, either. Uh, I think we uh, shall we take a break. It's 11:30 here, 11:13 here on SENZ. I think we'll just take a moment now. New Zealand Cup Week on mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yeah, it is uh, 11.18 here on SENZ. Uh, we're getting pretty close to uh, the first race here uh, at uh, Rickerton Park. I've seen a few jockeys uh, come out and uh, have a little walk on the track and uh, some of the colours uh, for the first race are very apparent and the people starting to arrive as well, those that are allowed to come in some of the uh, bubbled off, if you like, restricted marquee areas for sponsors, for owners, etc. The privileged few that are allowed to be here on course at Rickerton Park today. Trackside up and running, Bevan Sweeney doing some work in the birdcage as we speak and uh, fine weather's getting warmer and warmer uh, by the minute. Very shortly we're going to talk some uh, greyhounds as well uh, with David Fahey, of course the big New Zealand Cup meeting tomorrow night at Addington and the Cup itself worth $100,000. That is worth winning. Uh, we've got a number of texts that have come in as well. Uh, Carla said, when I lived in Sydney, when Bone Crusher was racing, I named our pub cricket team the Bone Crushers. Uh, absolutely, that, that race is one of the great match races of all time, um, for certainly in my living time anyway. Uh, Smithy, you think Adam Milne will play? Let's hope so. He had something extra. Uh, enjoy his bowling. Cheers, says Ken. Yeah, well, Ken, he will play. Uh, there's no doubt about it. They won't change their side unless they have a last-minute injury. Uh, they have got the pattern there. They've got the three, uh, the three quick bowlers in Milne and, and Salvi and Bolt. So that sorts that side of it out. They'll use Jimmy Neesham if they have to, if uh, they find that the spinners are getting collared. The two spinners will be uh, Santner and, of course, each Sodi. So uh, they've got options, uh, and that is the beauty, uh, the all-round beauty 
uh, Ken, of this particular side. But I think Milne will be a big factor because what he's got is that extra speed, that extra bounce, that extra pace that can trouble even the best batsman. And it's also because of his uh, ability now and the amount of T20 cricket he's been playing around the world, a tremendous change of pace and a very well-disguised change of pace as well. And that is so hard, so hard to hit if you can, descri- if you can disguise it. You've almost got to read the bowler's mind, which is uh, sometimes a very dangerous thing to do. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that, of course, uh, kicks in at 3 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, the coverage will be on uh, Sky Sport, obviously, or here on radio on SENZ. Uh, you'll be able to hear it uh, through the eyes and the voices of um, McCarty, and, of course, Elliot Alcon. They're like Smithy. Tony Waddle, really. There's been a, la- a last-minute change. Grant Elliot what? is sick. Grant it's Elliot what? is sick. I know. What? I mean, this is going to throw the Black Caps camp in disarray that uh, yeah, the six-hitter from 2015 is sick and won't be calling it tonight. It'll be Hamish Bennett, actually. Great Timaruvian, good Cantabrian, very good bowler in his own right. So it's going to be Daniel McCarty and Hamish Bennett. Uh, okay, so another Wellingtonian, really, to be fair. Hamish Bennett uh, started his career down here in Christchurch and then, of course, moved up to Wellington, where he's an integral part of uh, the Fibers. I think he's captain, too, at one point there and has been, um, a, a, I guess, um, a relatively regular player in terms of uh, touring with the Black Caps. Uh, he went on that um, the tour that was uh, abandoned out of Pakistan he was on the Bangladesh leg of that one as well. So, okay, so McCarty and Bennett tonight. McCarty and Bennett, not McCarty. Uh, and, of course, uh, Elliot. Well, well, I guess we should uh, say all the best to, to Grant Elliot. Uh, yeah. John, I hope he's not too crook. Yeah, same. Um, this is a different surface, isn't it, Smithy? We've seen a lot of low-scoring games, I think, at this T20 World Cup. But this is different. Uh, I'm just reading some stats this morning. Um in the last five games, there's been three first innings totals of 189 or more, including India's 2-10 for two against Afghanistan. So we're expecting a different style of game tonight or overnight? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think there's also the added pressure of, of the fact that it's uh, there's no tomorrow in this one. Uh, it's not like it's a group game and you can make it up uh, if you lose later on in the piece or protect, uh, you know, improve your run rate, etc. Uh, this is uh, no tomorrow. Um, and that uh, that makes it uh, a slightly different in that regard, John. But these players are all experienced now. They've all played uh, some high-profile games and high-profile moments. This is a very lucrative tournament as well, just by the by. I think, uh, reading from memory, $1.6 million to the winning team. So if you play the game professionally, there's that kind of incentive as well. I think something like $400,000 for the losing semi-finalist team. So, yeah, uh, it, it, it's got a, a, a lot of feeling about it, a lot of meaning. Uh, of course, uh, you don't see that so much in cricket. They don't talk about prize money as they do in golf or in tennis and, and those other sports. Uh, but it's certainly there, John. Yeah, monster cash. And still there, a couple of texts, people wanting to tell us their favourite horse songs. Uh, because we played Horses by Dale Braithwaite and some people wanted to hear some other ones. So we've actually got a tribute to Chris Johnson. You're aware of Chris Johnson, Smithy? The Magic Man, most winners by a New Zealand jockey. Been around for a long, long time. Yes, they call him the Magic Man. Uh, he'll be around today too. All right, mate. Well, here's the song. He rides a short stirrup, but a balance is perfect. With her in a flat race, or riding over sticks. Much. It's all done through his hands I'm talking about Chris Johnson 
Magic Man. That is a beauty. Man, there's some stunning horse songs out there, aren't there, Smithy? Including this one as well, another request which is coming. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. It felt good to be out far the main. In the desert, you can remember your name. Cause there ain't no one for to give you no pain. More your style, Smithy. Lay back, very lay back. But Dan Fogelberg like, isn't it really? But uh, no, what a great band, uh, and some uh, wonderful, wonderful sounds that you've produced for us this morning. Not too sure if there's too many Greyhound uh, songs at this stage. There might be, um, but we haven't found them yet. David Fahey though has uh, joined us on the show this morning, and we're very grateful for that, David, because whilst uh, the focus today. Uh, yesterday was much on the harness racing and, of course, the uh, thoroughbred side of things. Uh, it's tomorrow night's your big uh, night down here in Christchurch. Yeah, it sure is. The biggest night of the year. All right. Okay, so you've got uh, you've been prolific. Uh, the Gene and David Fahey combination is uh, just uh, absolutely outstanding. You've tra- uh, trained well over a hundred black type winners, um, but you've got. Uh, You've got a good representation in the race this year. They uh, suck it up New Zealand uh, Greyhound Cup, $100,000 at stake. Uh, David, tell us about your runners. Yeah, we've got um, yeah, three starters this year. And uh, we've got the power superstar. He's the um, real up and camera at the moment. He's, I think he's had 12 or 13 starts and two seconds and won the rest. And, yeah, he's, he's just a bit immature at the moment. He, he, can, he can definitely win it, but he's, it's a bit risky at $2, I think. Okay. And uh, the other two? The other two, Rock on John, he won the race last year. Mm. He's, um, yeah, he's he's had four or five seconds in a row, and uh, he's in good form, and if he, can, if he can get the front, he'd be good chance again. And, and the third runner, the other one, yeah. Fairly able. She's uh, She'd been out of form for a while, but the last two starts, she's really come back to her best, and... Uh, She's drawn nicely in box two. She's another one that needs to lead as well. So, um, yeah, if she can get out handy, she won't be too far away either. So it's, uh, it's over very quickly, of course, uh, for 100000 bucks, and, and so much, of course, uh, fe- uh, features on that, that first run to the first turn, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. The problem for Pale Superstar is five pretty good beginners in there, and uh, he's not bad out, but not great. And he is really strong, and he, he knows how to push for a gap and everything, so... Yeah, well, he'll definitely need a, need a bit of luck, but he is yeah, he's definitely capable of winning that. Tell us uh, about some of your of your uh, other chances to, uh, tomorrow night, David. Um, we've got um, Nevada Phil in the Group One Galaxy. He's he would have been bit, he's drawn box four, and box eight would have been great for him. But um, yeah, he went nice race last week. He's a rough chance. I think he's paying twelve or thirteen dollars each way bet. And got, um, uh, big time Bree. No, that's not mine. That's outside. That's, not, that's drawn no, outside. That's Cole. Yeah. Sorry, that's the Coles. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. It's yeah. drawn outside in the Just field. Just the one on that right. race. So, yeah, okay. Uh, what else have you got throughout the evening? Uh, student loan, he's in the Stairs Cup. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he, uh, he's like, he could win by five lengths, but he could also uh, run. He's hard to follow, but he's the best star in the race. He just, yeah, he can't, they don't know what day he's going to turn up. 
Your combination yeah. is absolutely prolific. Um, you know, if you study greyhounds, you'll, you'll, you know, people will know that. Tell us a wee bit about your operation, uh, where you're based, and, and how many dogs you've got in, in, in training. Yeah, we are out at Belkin, which is yeah, between Ranger and Ambly. Uh, we have like, we've got 34 race kennels, and uh, they're always full. So we had that many for about the last 10, 12 years. And uh, yeah, as soon as one goes, we've got another couple to lined up to come in. And so, uh, uh, yeah, we just, yeah, carry on. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, you know, you look at the stake money for Greyhound Racing. I look at it anyway, and I think, you know, uh, for a lot of the races, it's not that substantial at all. So uh, is it a case of volume uh, and just keep turning them over as you do? So we, we turn them over, but we don't have a big volume like some kennels. It's 34 in work at a time. But the stake money, the, compared to the cost for horses, it's, um, yeah, it's, I'd say it's superior for the cost to be with the horse. Yeah, I have. Uh, I've trained. I've trained horses at one stage for a while. Dan and Bruce. Okay, and so what do you yeah. prefer? What do you prefer now? Ah, uh, the dogs. Yeah, definitely the dogs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but I do it's, like. So I was what, at the trots yesterday. Yeah. Oh, you were there. Okay. So what do you? What are you? Yeah. Um, what are you? What, what's your principal training methods uh, at your stable? Uh, we we um good old fish and we walk our dogs <clears throat> when they're not. They run every second day, and the other days we just walk them for four at a time up the road for like 30, 30 odd minutes and then we've got a wow. uphill, uphill straight it's only 200 metres long but it's um, quite deep sand and uphill and then we run them up there twice every second day four at Brilliant. a time wow yeah. Okay, and what, what about staff size is it just uh, it's, you say 34, so how many of you run that? we got two full time staff Plus us and a couple of part timers for the weekends. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, that's the recipe. You found a way to make it work anyway, uh, uh, David. So uh, all the best yeah, no, for the big good. race. Yeah. yeah, all the best for the big race tomorrow night and uh, over the uh, over the whole night. Actually, it's uh, it's the it's the feature program throughout the year. So we're, we look forward to your chances of, of scooping the pool and winning that big race again. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Ian. Go to the Black Caps. Yeah. Yeah, go the Black Caps as well. Wouldn't that be a great day? You win the New Zealand Cup and the Black Caps knock out England. How, yeah. it's, uh, I'll be, be up watching. Yeah, good yeah, on you, boy. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, mate. Thanks yeah. for your support. Thanks for your support and all the very best. Um, okay, it's uh, 11.30 here on SENZ time. It doesn't matter uh, where you are around the country, at what venue, whether you're in a studio, whether you're in a race course, whether you're in a pub or whatever, uh, as you might well be at the moment. Uh, particularly if you're down here for Cup Week. It's time to stump Smithy here on 0800 150 811. See if you can win 50 bucks to have a, a gamble with later this afternoon. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Certainly is. We had 100 bucks yesterday. We gave that away. Today we're back to our usual 50 from the TAB. Thank you very much to them. And also some daytime revived sleep drops. Uh, very good product there from our friends. New Zealand's only specialist range of sleep and stress support supplements. And today on the phone, we're going to Christchurch again. Ryan, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, boys. Great. How did you enjoy Cup Day yesterday? Oh, busy working. Ah, mate, someone's got to do the tough jobs, don't they? A lot to do around Christchurch. It's coming along nicely. What do you do? Ah, uh, driver. Right. 
Nice. Very good. All right, Smithy. Uh, oh, Ryan, you're taking on Smithy in a quiz. Uh, three categories. You choose one. Get three questions right. You win, but get one wrong, and Smithy can stump you. So today, we're going for basketball, rugby union, and soccer slash football. Which one do you like? The rugby union, please. Oh, yeah. Yeah, real classic code here, are you? Oh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, nice. Good. All right, let's go. And you're a Canterbury fan as well. How are you feeling about the semi against Waikato? Oh, I think the boys are finally coming to some form yeah. after a terrible start this season. Yeah, mate. No, they've come good. They beat my Tasman team to come good too, buggers. Anyway, how many Barretts from the Barrett family have played Super Rugby? Four. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Not correct. Smithy, chance for a stumping. Yeah, I, I think we, we might have to up it. Um, to be fair, there's the three obvious ones. Uh, Kane. Uh, what about Dad? Did Dad take part as well? I'm thinking that, uh, JD, that that might be a thing as well. Smiley Barrett, uh, or was he a bit early for that? I'll say five. Just a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the slot, and away it goes. That's correct. Kane, Bowden, Scott, Geordie, and Kevin. Smiley Barrett played for the Hurricanes back in 1996. Unlucky, Ryan, you've been stumped. <laughs> He's not happy about it. Not even responding. Fair enough. We're going to horse racing, the capital of horse racing. I might be wrong in saying that, but it's Kevin from Cambridge. G'day, mate. How you going, boys? Yeah, going well. Did you enjoy Cup Day yesterday? Oh, yeah. It's always a great day, Cup Day, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think Smithy no enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I did. Wallet got a good workout, did it? Yeah, the wallet got a workout. Um, and uh, also, um, the taste buds got a bit of a workout, too. So, um, yeah. <laughs> a little slower. Just a little slower today, but coming right like the weather. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you've got two rugby questions to answer. If you get them right, you win the sleep drops and the 50 bucks from the TAB. So question number two. Italy aren't very good at rugby. What year did they last win a game in the Six Nations? Jeez. Oh, last win a game, yeah. Oh, she'll be a stab, I'm afraid. 2015. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. It's your lucky day, Kevin. Have a punt. Yep, 2015 against Scotland was their last win in the Six Nations. They've lost 32 games in a row since that day. Smithy, <laughs> did you get that right? No, I wouldn't have, so uh, he'd have been alive anyway, Kev. So let's move on to number three, John, because I love number threes. Yeah, mate, you do. You love stumping people and jackpotting to the next day. So, Kevin, it's on you, mate. This one's pretty straightforward. Who is the coach of Italy? Coach of Italy. Yeah. Mm. Kieran Crowley. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. There you go, mate. Enjoy your sleep drops. Daytime revive sleepdrops.co.nz for all ages, lifestyle stages, and sleeping challenges. But read the label. Take us directed Sleep Drops Auckland and that 50 bucks, Kevin. Great, boys. I'll invest it wisely today. Good on you, Kev. Stay on the line, and uh, Brian will get your details uh, of uh, your uh, TAB account so we can get that money in quick, smart, and you can use it uh, as soon as possible. 11.37 here on SENZ. Uh, when we come back, uh, James McConey. Uh, he's written a song or two in the, his uh, past as well, and maybe he's got a favourite horsey-type song. 
Um, and he'll have some thoughts on the black caps as well. So James McConey next. Harness and Gallops, cross-coding like Prime SBW. It's Mornings with Ian Smith, live from New Zealand Cup Week. Sports, no joke. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From Wimbledon to the Astrodome. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Are you going to pack a scrum tonight? Oh, down beside that dim flood light. Oh, you gonna let it all hang out, fat bottom props? You make the rocking world go round. I was just a chubby lad playing rugby with my dad, but I knew scrums like I studied a degree. Left alone with big fat Adam. From behind, he looked like a madam. Hey, big Welshman, you made a front row out of me. Oh, you gonna pack us from tonight? Please. Oh, down the side that dim for night. Yeah. Oh, you gonna let it all hang out? That bottom props you make the rocking world go round. Well, that is pure genius, uh, and that is pure James McConey you're listening to. it. That is our comic slot of the week, but he's more than that, James McConey, because uh, he can make uh, fun of lots of scenarios, but he's got some very learned opinions on, on a lot of things. So uh, we're going to get the serious side of James McConey for the large uh, part of this little interview. And there's some Chiefs involved uh, in the Irish team this weekend, Mr McConey. You'll be interested in that. Oh, Smitty, thank you. I'm loving that as well because uh, Bunny Key is one of my favourites and always felt he left too soon. And James Lowe, the flying man bun, what a legend. He could have been an all-black, let's be honest. And um, I actually interviewed him this morning and I must report, it's a bit disappointing to say this, but Stephen Donald was supposed to be on the Zoom call and he failed to turn up apparently because he was out dredging scallops. So really... Um, very disappointing. So he, he just, he's just not a white bait man. He's, he's an all-rounder. His obsession with seafood is actually getting in the way of him completing his tasks and doing his mm. jobs. I'm really concerned about it, but okay, if it's scallop season, he, he was the only other person who was supposed to be on the Zoom call. And looking at James Lowe's face, he's very expressive. He could see, you could see the disappointment in his eyes. No beaver. Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, inconsiderate to say the least, and it's not typical of SENZ on-air staff, I can promise you that. Hey, just, hey James, uh, on the, uh, what about the eligibility thing? I'm sure you've got an opinion on that, because uh, you know the Pacific Island rugby, except you've mentioned Bundy Aki, other players, and that eligibility thing, and uh, um, Fekatoa, Malachi Fekatoa, very outspoken at, at certain stages during the week. Yeah, I saw Malachi Dunning, Mapi was saying, well, um, change the eligibility eligibility laws and we'll really find out who the best 12 is in the world and my feeling is that you should be able to play for other nations, I mean you don't have to go too far in sport to find people who have jumped the fence remember in the Olympics, Nayim Suleimaniglu arguably Turkey's greatest weightlifter 
next Olympics, he's representing Bulgaria. And the Olympics is the pinnacle of sport, is it not? And mm-hmm. if you can jump the fence at the Olympics, then I think you should be able to in rugby. Um, for certain players as well, as you as you know, um, Smithy, there's so many um, in your area who are, you know, torn between, uh, say, Tonga or Samoa and New Zealand. And they feel that they're a big part of both nations. So... Why not if you if you can't if you finish representing one, why shouldn't you be able to represent the other? Still a big part of who you are and your own makeup, um, your own identity. Well, I'll give you a quiz question and you might know the answer to it or not, but um, who's the number one test cap on in terms of South Africa? The number one test cap when they had, had dished out the caps. Who got number one? Oh, I don't know. Who was that? Well you mean the number okay. one of all time? On, on that subject, yeah, it was Kepler Vessels. There you go. Who also had uh, a pretty handy career for Australia as well. So just supports the point that you're trying to make there. Even at the highest yeah. level, uh, cricket, it's man- they've managed to jump the fence as well. On the subject of cricket, my friend, uh, all eyes on Abu Dhabi later this evening or in the early hours of tomorrow morning. Uh, I would imagine you've taken a fairly serious look at this as well. Well, I, I won't talk as, as, because I know the listeners will want to hear what you think, Smithy, but my, my feeling before the tournament is that we were going to be, our bowling and fielding were going to be the um, the hallmarks of this team. And I think um, the fielding definitely has shone through, but I've been impressed with our batting, and I think we're coming right um, just at the right time. You can see there's um, you know, Devin Conway getting a bit of touchback, um, getting the ship, Kane Williamson, um, and nice shout-out from you, Smitty, on Aussie TV of um, the City to Ship movement. Um, we just needed that because I felt like it was guppy and then a bit of daylight. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy about how we're looking for the semi-finals. But what about yourself? Yeah, look, I, I'm very confident. Um, a lot of people have asked me this, and I, I look at it and I think we've got pretty much every base covered. And the base that we've always uh, had not, uh, not so much well covered is the confidence level and the belief level. Uh, and I think we've got that one under, under our belt now. And I, I don't think uh, with Williamson's leadership and a couple of senior players around him with pretty cool heads, I think um, in particular Conway's added a lot of that. I mean, he's so new on the block, but you wouldn't notice it to look at him. Uh, and there's a case yeah. of a, a, a South African who was, of course, plying his trade uh, well for us. Uh, how's the crowd goes wild uh, going, mate? What have, what, have you, what have you been focusing on? Uh to be honest, I'm sick of Zoom interviews, you know, like we, we're lucky that we're back in studio at least in level three, but we're still doing so much stuff remotely and um, we're, we're, we're loving the T20 Cricket World Cup. I think it was it became a surprise because of, of when we went down to Pakistan, I just thought, oh no, this, is, um, this could be bad, but it's actually, it's the sky at least I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Um, beating yeah. India like that, so that's been impressive. I've I've really enjoyed the NPC. I think it's just amazing that that they've kept the competition going. I know the Magpies are exceptional, Smitty, but you know I'm proud of what uh, Ross Philippe has done with the Mulu boys. And um, I mean, having a winner who's 73 or could even probably ride uh, a horse at the races that you're at right now, and Liam Coop's fabling. I mean, how many people are, are selecting a guy like that when he rocks up to the trials? And, uh, of course, this uh, weekend, it's uh, Waikato, and uh, they are hosting, in Rotorua, believe it or not, just a sign of the times, in Rotorua, they are hosting Canterbury. How do you see that? I think it's actually okay. It's a good matchup. Canterbury, um, they used to be everybody's kryptonite, and everyone would get nervous just seeing the red and black stripes, but 
I think it's okay. It's a fair fight these days, you could say. So that that's fine. We're we're, we're looking like a team that needs to push past that um, being um, you know courageous for seventy minutes. It's just that whole thing of um, of finishing the job, and and I like it. I think we've got depth, Smithy. We're okay. We've got a Jacobson brother. Everything's fine. You're the Jacobson brother. Everything is uh, under control, mate. I'm stuck right in the middle. And when I say stuck, I'm placed right in the middle of the birdcage, basically. They've just had about 18 horses walk past me there. It's, uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at a horse and say, that's a good-looking horse that goes well. They all look damn fine to me. Uh, any horse memories? So I'm, I'm here in Cup Week. I'd, I'd like to know if you've got any horse memories or any classic bets you've had over the years. Well, I got a tip to bet on uh, Very Elegant the other day and I couldn't operate my TAB app, so I failed to um, take home that, uh, those winnings. So don't really want to talk about that. I think with um, another Melbourne Cup uh, memory was um, excellent coming in uh, third against Maccabi Diva and it lost the horseshoe and but ran the, the, the fastest final quarter mile in, in the Melbourne Cup history. I love that. I worked at Ellsley as a track hand, but then somehow uh, got let go after um, New Zealand Cup Day, which meant that they sort of only really needed me for four weeks to sort of paint the rails and and uh, do the weed whacking underneath the rails. And that was pretty much all I did at um, Ellsley, but I loved it there. And I remember seeing Empire Rose go for a, for a run, and that's one of the biggest horses and most magnificent animals I've seen in my life. Sure was. She was an absolute champion mare. Uh, Empire Rose. I'm not sure there's any Empire Roses on display here at uh, Rickerton Park uh, this afternoon, but uh, if there is, we'll try and back it. James, as always, thanks for your time this morning uh, and uh, your serious input too on a number of uh, pretty important matters. Uh, go well um, and enjoy the Black Caps tonight, eh? Let's go. Give them a touch of Kiwi! Yeah, oh boy, yeah, boy. Give them a touch of Kiwi, you're right. 11.52 here on SENZ. Uh, we'll get a touch of the Manawatu, I think, when we come back. Uh, with Mark Stafford.